0: This episode is brought to you by Storyblocks. Storyblocks makes it possible for content creators like you to bring your stories to life without sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. Head to storyblocks.com 302010. That's storyblocks.com 302010.
1: And let them help tell your story. Disney blows up a kid, Harrison Ford submerges, and the Dark Knight ends. This week on 302010... <laughs>
0: Every show, 30, 20,
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, showing you a look at the world 30, 20, and 10 years ago in mostly pop culture. A uh, little bit of news, movies, TV, music, and so very much more. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Santista. J.R. is mouthing things. I can't tell if he's giving me directions to shut up and just start the show.
2: <laughs> I was practicing my Bane voice uh, before <laughs> I <laughs> give my line. You
3: and do I'm, that now?
2: Sure. And I'm J.R. Rawls, and... When you finish editing the summer of '82 Laser Time episode, then you have my permission to die.
1: Oh, wonderful!
4: <laughs> it helps if you just cup your hands over your face and then you can oh, talk gosh. like
1: this and talk. It. So, do That's your best, Connery.
2: Past the entire episode like this.
1: I believe Tyler and I photoshopped a Beastie Boys albums in Bane's hands and we never got tired of like, your punishment must be Paul Revere. And <laughs> that's for no one.
4: And I'm Diana Goodman and I'm a week late, but R.I.P. James Kahn, man.
1: Yeah, that's a...
4: the only German Jew to be named Italian of the year twice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through the both the offer and the Godfather with my dad. And mm-hmm. James Kahn, unlike a lot of other f- actors that era, managed to worm his way into Classics throughout every decade to the point where like he's part of everyone's favorite Christmas moment and Elf. Like I discovered Wes Anderson with Bottle Rocket, he was the only person I'd ever heard of in that movie. Might have been the only reason people went to see it in the theater. But yeah, yeah. Jimmy Conn back
4: to freaking misery too. Locking down uh, the nineties right there. For, for he's me, still-
2: misery is just a fabulous performance. It is so hard to act against one person and an empty room, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. that's pretty much all he does in misery for 95 percent of his time he's yeah. acting off the person for an empty room
4: yeah and and he's acting against someone who is he's he just all all threes she's just yeah. draining threes you know yeah. it's yeah uh, i think it's uh blah, 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 blah. the rewatchables just did a, a recap looking back at misery and talking Good. about all the different people that they were trying to cast before they got to james con and like every single one of them is like nah they try too hard they try to steal scenes back and it's it's they wouldn't look weak enough. No, you yeah. can't put Warren Beatty in there.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
4: Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna try to be the focus of every scene, and that's not his job, man. Mm. Your job is to let be let, scared <gasps>
2: out of your mind and try to make the crazy person less crazy.
4: Yeah, let Bates be Bates, man. You got to yeah. just get out of the way and support what she is doing because it's the movie, it's make or break there. Anyway, yeah, James Con, it's a
1: James Con. Give them a yeah. shout-out. But what we'll be talking about this week In July 15th to the 21st in 1992, 2002, and 2012. And if you didn't hear our hints up there, we have a massive movie to talk about in one of those decades and some pretty great ones to talk about. And the other ones, TV's a little light, but some fun stuff to talk about. Oh, let's first off thank our patrons, patreon.com slash lasertime. Uh, you got an episode of The Thing over there to enjoy. And we just recorded one about The Road Warrior, which was ultra fun. It is one of those Ooh. things, like The Thing... My generation, the, the, the fandom of that had sort of tapered out by the time I got, J.R. and I got to those films. We discovered mm-hmm. them much later, and they're just so much more worthy of celebrating than something like Rocky Three that was super successful. Anyway, listen to the Laser Time episode, summer of 1982, to get more of that. Diana's Classic Corner blown up into an entire episode with your 30 2010 friends. That's LaserTime. Time. Look for that with every you your podcast. Thank you to our patrons, patreon.com. I'm repeating myself, 1992 news... Oh, Slavic parliament declares independence from Czechoslovakia beginning the so-called velvet divorce. This is one of the weirdest geopolitical events of
2: all time. it's so wonderful.
4: (laughs) It warms my heart that it went right one time. One time this went right. Well,
2: so as as a generalization, no one was really super happy about the split, but no one was really super upset about it. As far Mm -hmm. as I can tell. In the entire 20th century, this is the only case of a national dissolution to be met with widespread apathy on <laughs> both sides. Yeah. Hey, you want to end our country? I guess uh, fine. Uh, yeah. fine. Well, yeah,
4: it's like Czechoslovakia is one of those countries that's like wasn't really a country. It was sort of just made up after World War One, And they were always just sort of like, yeah, I guess we're together, whatever you know we got our differences but we're fine and then the soviets come in and like they force them to you know they're part of the soviet bloc and then yeah soviet union's gone now and we watched a couple of these other fake countries like yugoslavia start to fall apart where like they just cobbled together a bunch of little independent areas and pretended they were a country and all the ethnic tensions just explode and czechoslovakia they're like so we can break up if you want. Mm. And it's like maybe a third of each country was like, yeah, we should do that. And they're like, so I guess, yeah, okay. Because like the Czech Republic was more like had a better economy than Slovakia. That's where Prague is. Slovakia is a lot more rural. And they're like, well, I guess we could do this. Sure. And then they just sort of did. And then yep. over time, like, slovakia's economy's gotten a lot better they joined the eurozone they're both part of the eu now and they're just sort of like fine they're fine Mm. i i just i wish this could happen everywhere else like america (laughs) like anywhere Uh, like literally anywhere like quebec could do it this way i don't fucking care the idea of just like no we're good
1: yeah but then you're you're not
4: you're not gonna have like a border fight like they did during indian partition or something or just be like okay bye I, I guess know. and like well they they both agreed like every treaty Czechoslovakia had we'll both maintain it we're not going to start fighting about shit we're just
1: and they haven't you know, yet
4: mutual breakup
1: yet but then moving on to US news which I was far more aware of Ross Perot quits the US presidential race sort of he yeah. re- re- releases yeah. no, he releases his economic plan he,
2: he he quit he kept his name on the ballot but he still said so what happened was his poll numbers began to slip and they got below 25 percent and he wasn't listening to any of his advisors and they kept Mm -mm. falling and he was told you could get into the single digits and he went you know what i i'm out of this and he didn't take running for president that seriously and once it started to be work for him he seemed to have been like I don't want to do this anymore.
1: Yeah, mm. I just wanted to be on TV for half an hour. That's all, <laughs> which he did. Overtaking this, yeah. the station's like a supervillain. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the thing I was reading about it today, Clinton is surging in the po- in the polls, and I think mm. he realizes. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to hurt the conservative chance for everything because that's what he really wanted, and he just couldn't <gasps> run as a Republican.
2: But you yeah. know, my mental memory of Ross Perot is of this old old man mm-hmm. running for president and he is 62 in oh, 1992 oh. <laughs> that I did and not i'm just comparing <laughs> him to the 79 year old biden and 76 year old trump because i've watched a few old ross perot clips <laughs> yeah he's looking
1: spry
2: yeah. and energetic and all there and he's, he's a drinking a age of,
1: younger than joe biden
2: not a whole <laughs> I guess, yeah, actually, if Biden was a 17 year old father, he could have been Ross Perot's father. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow.
3: Yeah. This time whole travel thing involved
2: is... in that. But yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's just so weird that he worked so hard, you know, to get he's on the ballot in all 50 states by the time he quits. Mm. And that's hard to do. You got to get, uh, especially as a third party, you know, you got to get a lot of signatures and stuff. You got to get all the stuff. And then he just quits for 3 months and then his poll numbers are fine and so he just sneaks back in at October right at the end. We'll get but to what, that then. What are you but, doing? Yeah, in the summer <laughs> Yeah, of, we'll get to it then.
2: In the summer of 92 it was like, well, that was a weird thing that just happened. I guess we'll never hear from him again.
1: And and yep. just your your frame of reference as time as a kid, I myself Love to point this out for the first time, being the youngest one on the show. It felt like Ross Perot was around for decades. Fucking decades. <laughs> just just how, how much of a silly person, public person he was. Let's move to the movies of 1992, <laughs> shall we? Starting off with one I had not heard of at all, and there's a good reason for that. Uh, Veronica Cartwright.
3: Ooh, failure.
1: Vivica Davis, Lauren Tom, Paul Mazursky, Saul Rubinick, Michael McKee, and Beverly D'Angelo, Harry Stanton, and Ellen Barkin, and Jack Nicholson in man trouble oh wonder what kind of movies this is it's not a remake Uh, though
2: yeah i didn't watch this it doesn't
4: know what kind of movie it is that's the problem
2: i didn't watch this i did watch the siskel and ebert review of this Mm -hmm. and they were in a competition over who hated this film the most (laughs) and who could diss it the best and i think it was a tie because (laughs) oh man Uh, i you know, there are times I just genuinely enjoy schadenfreude sure. and watching a skilled critic like Roger Ebert or Gene Skissel, Siskel just roast a film. And yeah. that's what
1: they do with it. That's, that's the only Ebert books I own. I hated this movie. I hated, hated, hated this movie. I hated, hated, hated <laughs> uh, because it's interesting and it's it's interesting here. I didn't realize, and I've never heard of this, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was Jack Nicholson basically doing a favor for the people who made, like, Five Easy Pieces in, in Easy Rider. Right. Yeah. It's the director yeah. of Five Easy Pieces, producer of Easy Rider, and I don't think he liked this that much, but was like, yeah, I fucking owe these guys. Like, uh, I was a struggling actor, screenwriter, and these guys kind of helped me get to my big break, so over 20 years later he joins in this silly little farcical comedy from written by it written and made by a lot of old people who may not have been that connected with what kind of movies people were wanting to watch in 1992
4: yeah well it's like it's a black comedy it's also a stalker thriller and it's also a romantic comedy uh, where ellen barkin is getting stalked by a guy and so she wants to get a guard dog and she gets the guard dog from guard dog trainer jack nicholson who's also fucking weird and then he like won't leave her alone, and sparks fly, wackiness ensues. Oh man, I've never read a single nice thing about any of this. is not even one like, well, that location was pretty, yeah like, th- oh, everyone hated mantra. this isn't
1: ninety two and I am in a home video era next year, I am paying attention to every movie that comes out, and it's shocking that I've never heard of this, especially that it's a Jack Nicholson movie, whom I think we, am I the only one who always feels like he's dead and have to remind myself that he isn't? He's just taken, like, a 15-year leave of absence from, like, being in anything. And, Mm -hmm. you You know,
2: I... Some people actually retire. Yeah. You know, a lot of famous people never truly retire. They just stop getting job offers. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people can just get to a point where it's be like, you know, yeah. I don't need this anymore. I what What I just would worry. being famous do for me? In my 80s, or Jack Nicholson 90s. is
1: just is one of our more fun movie stars, and I feel like he could have like he could have had like 10 minute cameos the and Jack Nicholson role in like 500 thousand movies. Oh yeah, Dude.
2: it would have been you know every filmmaker uh, of the last 15 years would have been happy. Oh look, here's the Jack showing up to give. 30 seconds of saying he advice to Chris Pratt or
1: whoever. Yes, yes. Here he, here he comes to fire Charlie Day and Seth Rogen. This is going to be great. But no, we have been denied that. And then also another movie I had not really I'd heard of heard of just because of one person in it. Chris Latta, James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm.
4: His film debut. Mm-hmm.
1: James Sheridan, John Hankow, Lee Richardson, Tracy Pullen, Mia Sarah, Eric Thale, and Melanie Griffith in A Stranger Among Us.
4: Oh my god. Okay. I am very distracted by the Gandolfini-ness. You wanna see <laughs> in Gandolfini? Yeah. About 30 yeah. years old. This is like this is where you're gonna see it. Now he is paired up. This is so fucking weird. He he plays like a mob enforcer guy. No. It's him and Chris Latta <laughs> as brothers. And Chris Latta is the voice of Cobra Commander. <laughs> Wow. And the original Mr. Burns from season one of The Simpsons. So that's the only reason to watch any of this because mm-hmm. it is Witness but with the Hasidic community.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah, that's exactly what it looked to me. I was going to say that's what they're going for, right?
4: That's what they're going for and and it just goes to show how, how easy it would have been to fuck up Witness because Witness turns out to be an amazing movie and this has a great director. This is freaking Sidney Lumet who's a legend mm-hmm. but the movie's just sort of Ugh, who cares because you know, first Melanie Griffith as a cop is not hugely convincing and then that you know there's, there's murder and she's got to go undercover as a Hasidic Jew and then find out who did it and I'll just spoil it for you because this all ties together really well Who done it Mrs. Michael J. Fox Tracy Pollen, mm. and we're going to talk about Michael J. Fox and Melanie Griffith being in a movie 10 years from now oh huh. that's pretty fucking weird yes. A Stranger Among Us it's It's not
3: good.
4: (laughs) It could have been interesting. It's not interesting, but skinny Gandolfini.
1: And lastly, number one of the box office, the one they're all hiding from. Speaking of potentially not good, I realize this is just one of those things. I'm not qualified to say. Joshua. The nostalgia
4: is just too thick.
1: It's not just the, because it's like, I don't, i'll tell you in a second daniel and joshua shalikar the twin kids of course amy o'neill ron canada carrie russell john shea robert oliveri lloyd bridges uh marcia strassman and of course rick moranis it's number one at the box office sequel to one of the best live action disney movies ever made honey i blew up the kid walt disney pictures presents (laughs) a little problem i blew up the baby that got bigger do you see the size of his head and bigger. There's no telling how huge he might get. It. He's over 100 feet tall. And bigger.
0: Higher. Watch out for
1: ah! Rick Morales in the most incredible adventure of all. I am going to Honey, I blew up the kid. Nothing can stop him now. <laughs> <Start fighting tomorrow. laughs> yeah, I always you know, Lloyd Bridges in this. There yeah.
2: is a huge difference between age 11 and age 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when mm-hmm. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came out, I was age 11. And I fell in love with it. I wanted to live in that world. I was just... Disney allowed you to do stuck that. In, yep. Mm-hmm. I, I Going to the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids play set at Disney mm-hmm. World was one of the highlights because I just love feeling like I was in that movie. And this movie came out, and I was like, I have no interest for this. Even though I love the first one, there's nothing that really appeals to me in that. And I watched it for the first time this week for the show, and... It's not good, Chris. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a classic. This is not a classic. Fundamental problem is that in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, we are put in the eyes of the people experience being shrunk. Mm -hmm. Okay, We live the adventure through them. They're talking to each other. They're doing things. This film, the person being embiggened is a toddler who doesn't have a rich internal life, can't talk more than one or two words at a time and it, we don't really get a sense of what it's like to be this toddler because the mind of a toddler doesn't is give a shit. utterly alien to the mind of an adult in a way the mind of a kid is at least semi-understandable
4: well i yep. i mm. Here, yeah i think ahead, that Diane. that I'll is a problem. major problem i mean first of all i was kind of pleasantly surprised to find out that this was a, a screenplay that they purchased elsewhere yes. it's not a bad a idea baby. No. And then it turns out, oh, there was another giant baby baby that sued them them. (laughs) and they lost. They had to pay them a bunch of money.
2: Which I find ridiculous because it's like attack of the 50 foot woman it's Uh, attack of the 50 foot man but it's an even what if baby it's an even better
1: what would be more destructive than a baby you can reach out to the amazing colossal man this could
2: be a horror movie yeah if this was not a disney film and they handled it realistically i have dealt with toddlers both of my kids (laughs) were once toddlers and even the first growth spurt the toddler grows to about the size of uh, the mountain, the guy from mm. uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, and the, seven feet tall. I, yeah. The idea of my toddler being seven feet tall, I would run screaming from that toddler okay. because this, I've seen them yeah. do things so as a toddler.
4: That's yes! so funny. Yes! Oh, then my I God. Found- are you I found the scariest part. When he's 50 feet tall, I wasn't that scared. But when a seven-foot toddler running oh, yeah. around inside your house, oh, fuck, no. I'm locking the doors. I'm walking away. <laughs> <Yeah>. If you <laughs> didn't hear that uh,
1: band bonus time story of me telling going on a date with a woman who's taller than me, I'm 6'2", 6'3", and she gets blackout drunk and I have oh, to yeah. stop her from doing things and try and carry, and it's like, oh my God, I can't. I've I've never mm-hmm. been able to not do this. I cannot control this person. Oh God, yep. <laughs> I cannot handle this person, literally. I think, figured that'd make the movie work a little better, but like, nothing's going to beat Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, because that's just like, you're a kid watching that, fulfilling a fantasy you may or may not have had as a kid.
2: Little things in a big world is yeah. always going to be interesting. Being big in the same size world is not as inherently interesting. I mean, even in video games, mm-hmm. there's that Mario game that what if Mario becomes big?
1: Kind of boring. And it's boring. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. It's just like That's why okay, you don't do it all uh, the time. Oh, you can stomp yeah. through anything you can't be hit. This is kind of not what games are. Yeah. And, and 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 well, so I don't love this movie, but my vivid memory being this is the first movie ever we were just branching out of being a one TV household and we mm-hmm. got a second VCR. And my mom with the TV oh, yeah. in the parents' room, just like, can you believe? I don't feel like I'd need a VCR. What? You don't feel like you- the need to play thousands of movies on? All right, mom. Well, so I hooked up the VCR to the other VCR, and in a one-one process. And- I I started to record every VHS we rented, and this is the first one I did that with. So I could watch these movies I had no access to, could never obtain otherwise. I became obsessed with it. I I can't throw away the tape collection because I became obsessed with the calligraphy. I draw on the side. (laughs) And I mean, how did my parents let me do that? In order to do this, you had to watch the movie all the way through again to record it. It was not a digital... Copy paste. Yep. It, it had to see what was on screen, so I'm occupying the TV for twice the amount of time a kid normally That's
4: would. Why you set it up right before you go to bed? I had to do yeah. that,
1: but we only got we had we got two movies uh, every weekend, so I had, to, I had to find time for the second one. Uh-huh. And, and so I so yes, I did watch this over and over. I'm still kind of in the age range to like it. I can't tell if I liked it this time when I watched it on Disney Plus. But what I will say, and I feel like there should be a great foreign word for this. This has some of the most impressive practical effects that have ever existed for something it's hard to care about when you're looking at them because of how seamless they are and how just, they're so domestic as this Mm -hmm. the baby doesn't just automatically grow up to Godzilla size. It it, it has four phases and they put like a seven foot guy on stilts in an, in a bait in like a baby suit that almost killed him. They built three versions of the house. One that is like, super small so the kid looked really and they m- meshed those together with no digital effects in a way that like and it's also the importances of eyelines they are yeah. all off the entire time yeah. but the effects themselves are pretty amazing and when the baby finally no, for a
2: pre-digital film they did an amazing job yeah. of doing it with size and you know we're only 7 years away from the filming of Lord of the Rings at this point yeah. Wow. so Gosh. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah So uh, for what they did, they did an amazing job. I just don't think the plot is as inherently interesting as Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I think they should have done either just we got shrunk again, which I think they do for the third one, which I've also not seen. Uh, Or they should have just like experimented and been like something even more crazy. Like we got multiplied or we got Mm. sent to a Another alternate dimension, dimension or mm. something yeah, something that's a bit
1: don't...
4: far but yeah multiplied sure
1: yeah. i and i never get tired of mentioning this i when was the last time i was at disney world 2019 no that's right i bought a i got my annual pass for disney at a great discount january of 2020 don't ask oh, me how oh. much i used it after that walked into the the most one of the most dated rides in the history of any theme park And it's got to be whatever that figment ride is called. Journey into Imagination. Yeah. And it's uh, got Eric Idle on the ride. And as you walk in, they have three enormous, like, 15-foot portraits. Disney Science Hall of Fame. Eric Idle from this ride. (laughs) Robin Williams from Flubber. And Rick Moranis from Honey, I Sh- these two movies, uh, Richard Selinsky, I believe his name is. Yeah. And it's like, mm. I was just like, you know, Iron Man's a scientist too? <laughs> like, you don't want to <laughs> wow. update this at all?
3: Well,
2: I, I feel like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids has some cultural cachet. They are working on a reboot. reboot. reported that Rick Moranis will come out and replay his role as Wayne Selinsky. Oh. It's just yeah. going to be called a shrunk. And yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll watch it. It's such a dumb title, but this like the first movie came out like right when we all got our first Nintendo, and so many of us. I think I started it. Mario shrinks, and I got Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. We said that with like, God, we're hilarious kids for like two years. (laughs) Because of the, the resonance of that first film, thanks to the Roger Rabbit buoy. But I, just one more hats off I wanted to give this movie yeah. as, a, as, uh, in, as a recent viewing.
2: Just a comment on the little changes that really stand out to me. the Zelinsky's son is just entering puberty, mm-hmm. and he's interested in a girl. And the camera looks at this girl, 15 years old at the time of recording, when they're at a water park in a sexual yeah. way... That I don't think you'd see in a modern day Disney film.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, they did it a lot in the because they do it in Flight of the Navigator too, where they just they pan up like th- mm-hmm. on a Dame's gams and like yep. oh that's un- and oh. Uh,
4: and that's Baby Carrie Russell making yes. her film debut. Her, leave,
1: leave, girl. Okay, okay, I'm gonna try and keep this short. But this, I'm struck by funny things as a Disney nerd. Carrie Russell's film debut. She is on the Mickey Mouse Club, so she's in the Disney program.
3: Oh, in okay. the
1: background of Nick's room, I love in '90s movies like. Look at the kids' room and see what the set dresser thought was really cool here in this period. And being 1992, God, it's good to look at. And he has a poster for the party. And am like, why does that ring a bell? The party. The party was the pop group that spun off of the Mickey Mouse Club. And none of them include any of the musicians you now think of when you think of the musicians that came it doesn't include Justin Timberlake Christina Aguilera the other NSYNC guys Britney Spears if, if you could be executed for a poor choice whoever assembled never mind whoever assembled the party I think deserves that and but my only other shout out was because I, I forgot about the ending even though I really remember the lines, uh, daddy's mean fun, mommy's mean business. But the mom in this movie and many other Disney movies, which are normally super cheap and awful and cutthroat, and this clearly like a lot of time and effort was put into it. Huge, big sets, huge, little tiny sets, just immaculate production.
2: First was a huge hit.
1: It was. It was, and it, but that, that, that's not how Disney operated things. Like, if you go back and watch the Love Bug or those Dexter Riley trilogy, there's nothing impressive about those movies. Disney's just making crap as fast as it can. And this is not, doesn't feel like that. Even, like, when you watch the, but there's a behind the scenes on YouTube, them showing how they got the shots of the, the little kid, the regular-sized kids get in a car and the little kid picks it up like it's a toy car and starts zooming it around Las Vegas. And I think we take for granted, like, they had to, like, Hire hundreds of extras and then throw a camera at forty miles an hour, careening down the street, <laughs> and, the, and like those were all like real messy yeah. shots. They had to get together in order to film what's com- what's projected on that windshield, and it looks That's neat.
2: Why I can still be fascinated by twentieth-century making-of documentaries, but.
1: I Very few dragged really it over secretary. here, and then I textured it. And then, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't and mean And to...
4: then everyone was wearing green bodysuits. And then they fought.
1: But I just <laughs> wanted to give it a shout out because I watched a ton of these Disney movies. The mom is always the worst role in any of these Disney movies. Your job is to overreact and faint. And at the end of the movie, like, what are we doing? This kid keeps growing. We can't lure it over to the shrink ray. And she's like, "Fuck it, I'm going in." And they enlarge <laughs> the mom, and she, the baby's like, "Fuck yeah, mom!" And like, the mom got a moment to be the most heroic person, which I remembered, but like, that was still kind of unexpected in like 1992 to for something to be done. And I, I didn't hate this movie. If your kids like the first one, I think they'll like this one. It is impressive to look at, but you have to know how they did it because some of it just looks still really good, like unshakably yeah. good. Yeah, um,
4: yeah I, I have to give it that. It's like, yeah, and it's fine for kids. Kids will probably like it,
1: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and which is impressive for some a kid's movie from 30 years ago to be like, oh yeah, visually it holds up.
3: Yeah. Like, yeah. I will well, give
4: it that. I will give it that.
2: My kids liked or at least put up with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but I'm not showing them this film. Uh-huh. I have precious, precious nostalgia points. I cannot use them on bad stuff. I love the I love the idea. Jr. is
1: 302010 station. His kids walking in while he's watching is like, get out! You can't. Want, you're not to watch this movie. <laughs> it's Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Goddammit. Which uh, it, it's is also a fun language thing. Where like there, it's such a bad title in so many ways to make fun of it. And vandalize it on a movie theater poster. <laughs> but what is a better way to say, honey, I enlarged the kid? Honey, I grew the kid? There's, like, no better way to say it. Anyway. Yeah.
2: I, I think you, if you wanted something that wouldn't be that way, you go with, like, attack of the 50-foot baby. Yeah. It, it, yeah.
1: Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Or embiggened perfectly primeval yeah, work. Yep. Um, I think
4: one of one of the uh, the other giant baby scripts was called Now That's a Baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing?
1: And then now. Uh, all the mothers now. all the mothers faint on sight seeing the 50 foot baby. Um
4: That's a baby.
1: <laughs> 1992 television sparse to say the least.
2: I I look guys, 1992 summer television is a dead zone unless we want to cover, you know, every episode of of uh that show about the jersey shore beach whose name i've down the shore down the shore we can do that but that's like the only new episodes of anything this
1: was when i was obsessed with taping stuff because this is when they'd run like mary poppins in like all-time classics on television during the summer so there's not much you know we're not here to talk about mary poppins in 1992 in 2022 but human target does debut
2: yeah so this is a weird show it's (laughs) a guy based upon a backup character from detective comics and action comics so you know immediately you're thinking cool guy right They had a lot of stuff other than Superman and Batman in those comics. And his whole deal was he's really good at disguising himself. So if you're in danger, he'll disguise himself as you so that when they attack you, who's him, they're really attacking him and he can whip out his martial arts skills. Uh Uh, But the hard part for a 1992 television show is this meant that the guest star was really going to be the star star. of every episode because the main character is dressed as the guest star. So the guest star is going to have to try to do martial arts, and they may not be trained in that. It's practically an
1: anthology show like The Twilight Zone, but everybody has to know karate. Yeah,
2: Uh, but the... the opening is hilarious. It's got some 1992
1: CGI. Ooh. Oh,
2: yeah. no. I can hear
1: some liquid noises.
2: And uh, the best VCR transition effects you have ever seen.
1: I think the show was remade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit, like 20 years later for two seasons. Yeah,
4: 2010. Yeah, I'm, they I'm came saying. back. Now, I'm kind of disappointed to find out like, oh, wait, but the main character is often played by somebody else. Because, I mean, it stars Rick Springfield and <laughs> we never find out if he got Jesse's girl or not.
1: The point is probably moot. He said it. He, he said it. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to the games of 1992. Got a lot of PC games here to talk to you about. Almost none of which I have any experiences with. Like such a Caesar PC. Is this a uh, casino so this game? Is, or a... <laughs>
2: it, this is a Sim City in ancient Rome. Got it. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting concept. It's actually as the first in a series of games because it took off after this. This is the first attempt and i wouldn't recommend playing it over the later versions because the later versions really improve stuff the only thing that's kind of noteworthy about this version against the other versions is this version has slaves oh, good. all the oh. other versions kind of pretend slavery what slavery rome oh, didn't have slavery and yeah our best estimate is uh, rome the city in 1 AD had about 900,000 inhabitants, uh, 300,000 of which were slaves. Yeah, so that's something the series just kind of went,
3: let oh, that's
1: not. And uh, we also have Lore the Temptress on PC. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's set in generic fantasy land number 257. The interface is simple for an adventure game, you're often given two choices which oh. makes solving the puzzles super easy. Oh, yes. You know, everyone... So when should talking be called about Flip adventure a Coin. Games, <laughs> yeah. Everyone <laughs> talks about LucasArts and Sierra Online, but there's others. This is from Revolution, and it was big at the time in the adventure game genre, too.
1: And <laughs> I want to say this is the most notable game, Oregon Trail Deluxe. I still say Oregon Trail. I can't help myself. The Oregon. Oregon.
4: Oregon. <laughs> Orchid. Like the things inside your body. I organ. know, but
1: I I always say I heard about Oregon Trail, the game, before I heard about the state, because I believe outside of an arcade machine in a pizza hut, this is the first game I've ever played. Well, and-
2: this is video games' longest-lasting series of all time. The first version... Of the Oregon Trail was oh, in 1971. And what? Then late- no. Yep. Yes. No. My yes. God,
4: I I would have guessed 82.
1: Yeah. Nope. Almost That's the
2: second
3: version. I almost fell down version. the
1: rabbit hole, but wow. this is it's developed by like a government-funded Minnesota edutainment game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's it literally has like consortium in their name <laughs> that the government paid for since the 1960s to make yeah. computers be educational.
3: Wow. And what this is Whoa. this is
2: the more advanced version than the one you're probably thinking of. The Apple II mm. is what everyone always thinks of. This is Apple. bigger, better graphics, more controls, Color. more mini games. It's fairly intuitive, and I got to say, the Oregon Trail for an education game, pretty historically accurate. You know, uh, I like that the Native Americans have never been this huge enemy in the Oregon Trail games, Mm -hmm. because they weren't on the Oregon Trail. Mm -hmm. They were usually very helpful for the Oregon settlers, and settler-on-settler violence was always more dangerous than Native American-on-settler violence. Still that way. Also, in the Oregon Trail game, when the kids are slaughtering animals left and right, but only taking some of the meat, utterly historically accurate. (laughs) That that, that was the (laughs) mindset of the settlers of the time. They didn't actually understand. Wait, animals can go extinct? Dinked?
4: Do you what? see how many buffalo there are here? Yeah. I mean, come on. There's no way we could kill all of these buffalo or passenger pigeons. What are yeah.
3: you
2: talking about? And I think at one time we were down to like 100 or 500 buffalo in all of the U.S. or something ridiculously yeah. low like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this game, if you're looking for a version of the Oregon Trail game, no this way. isn't bad.
1: No way. It, it's available yeah. on, on archive.org, so you can play it yeah. for free by a DOS box it's just so the menus are so convoluted and these animations make everybody look so frumpy and then nobody smiles i'm accurate to the time and i thought that yeah. would be the most notable game release i'll segue this when like a you know a couple like over a decade ago i was always like a nintendo player not much of a pc player and then like activision becomes the biggest publisher in the country and like how now i know <laughs> atari all the shit i didn't play in at atari and of course. The much-awaited sequel, Leather Goddesses of Phobos 2. Gas Pump Girls Meet the Pulsating Inconvenience from Planet X. (laughs) Yes.
3: Yes. Oh,
4: not a pulsating inconvenience. That's very upsetting.
1: The
2: title started off as a joke. In the Infocom Games era, they had all these titles on the whiteboard. And someone kept writing Leather Goddesses of Phobos on it as a joke. And eventually they just went, F it. Let's go with it. What it is, it's it's a really cheesy spoof of 1930s pulp fiction, which Ooh. is something that no one today has nostalgia for because, you know, time has passed. But it's like having what I say, the comparison in 1992, nostalgia for the 30s pulps is like today having nostalgia for the... Comics of the 1960s. If you do the timeline, that matches up. And it's this goofiness, and the sex in it is kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I forget the game. There was some game that was like, fine, you want to have a sex mode, go have it. And every time you put a button that said sex, they just went, let's do the sex. And there was a super cheesy scene. I'm blanking on the name. It was very recent. (laughs) But that's more or less what happens in this game. You have a screw icon. And if you push the screw icon, like, half the time, it's like, I thought you'd never ask. And the screen goes dark, and then it goes back to the game. And that's it.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I'm shocked how much, like, I I Googled this, and, like, the first thing that comes up is the manual. Because the manual... For the first game, is like a 3D comic with like you know a bunch of cheesecake in it, and no. the manuals to these games are popular because they include all this funny information, including there's no warning on the package about the content of the games. It's but it is in the manual. Like this might not be appropriate for depictions of sex. Not I, might not be I, appropriate for kids.
2: It, it is a sex game, but it's 1992 yes. VGA graphics. sex, yes. It's and it's it's not anything really.
1: Oh. Oh, and then uh, moving into 1992, music—it's one of the more notable weeks in music, just because of all yeah. the adjacent music news occurring. Uh, "Baby Got Back" by Sir Mix A Lot is number one, but w- more importantly, we got the second, but uh, even bigger, "Lollapalooza" starts, which
3: basically—I
4: uh, tried to get tickets to this so fucking yeah. hard. I
1: mean, not this—I wasn't totally in on this, but my cousin was, and
4: uh, I, I, no, I was—I was 15, and I was ready to. Go to my first music
1: festival. I, d- I don't. And I, I, music I did festival. Not
4: have the ability to get fucking tickets because you either went in person to a record store, yep.
1: mm-hmm.
4: certain ones, or you called somewhere. Yep. And yep. you sat on hold for a million years.
1: We would have to spend as kids. And there's no we, other way to do it. We didn't have a credit card, so we would have to spend uh, like an entire weekend listening to the radio station and trying to call in to win Warp Tour tickets because we had yep. no method of buying them. And I, I don't in my. My generation and you
4: only found out they were going on sale either from them talking about it on the radio mm-hmm. or maybe if you went through the newspaper.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: my, maybe. My, my generation, this this oh, I recall ticketmaster becoming yeah. to start being a thing around this time. Yes, it always to was be
4: evil. Absolutely.
2: Yep. Well, but I, I do remember being like, Wait, how hard is it to buy tickets? I mean, this so, is so so you don't want me to buy your you, don't thing. Want me I, you I think See, I
1: think yeah. my generation is our generation is the last one to have visions of people camping out to buy tickets to concerts that is just yeah. a total yeah. thing of the past and uh but I also I remember Lollapalooza being the thing that at least in my mind, kick-started the annual music festival, like a Woodstock every year. And Mm -hmm. a billion of them kicked off. I'm sure they existed beforehand, but these were like kind of big and corporate. And like, look at this lineup. Look at this lineup. And this would, I believe, would have cost you at most $50 because there's not like, vip seating or anything like that it's it's the second Lollapalooza. i'm gonna go backwards jim rose circus show temple of the dog which i don't know how many times they played live uh luscious jackson stone temple pilots house of pain cypress hill porno for pyros tool rage against the machine that's
4: the side stage yeah yeah
1: that's
4: not the main stage (laughs)
1: they're not they're not huge yet lush then on the main stage lush pearl jam the jesus and mary chain Soundgarden, ice cube ministry and the red hot chili peppers
2: $26 oh. and 25
3: wow. cents. Oh. That is the
2: ticket I am looking at right now for Cheaper Lollapalooza. ninety two. Right. And
4: we've established 92 to 2012. It's about double. Double. So Yeah. So it's, yeah. 50 bucks. 50, 50, bucks. 50 bucks. Current. Wow. 50 bucks.
1: Yeah. 50 bucks. Current. Um, And then uh, also in music news, Whitney Houston marries Bobby Brown um, and they stay together for a while. That's a good long time. Yeah. You know, in music terms. Yeah. <laughs> and in American not, marriage not
4: a healthy, Not a healthy relationship from day fucking line. No. Oh, this is sad. It's sad.
1: No, I think, I think, I don't know. Don't people usually speculate like if Whitney had married like anybody else, she might still be alive? Because mm-hmm. Bobby Brown was yeah. already behaving pretty badly at this point and she yeah. wasn't. And uh, anyway, I, I'm not one to speculate.
3: It was very shocking
4: at the time. It really was like yeah. this princess is married. Yes. Disney- this dirty fellow over here he's about to come out with an album where the lead single is called humping around
1: ain't nobody humping around so...
3: he said
1: he said <laughs> nobody was doing yeah. it they gotta give it context uh Other... sorry uh, real quick mm. just a four-day platinum ticket to
2: Lollapalooza last year four thousand two hundred jesus christ jesus
1: christ and,
4: that's, and it's just in chicago that's not a touring show or anything with the Oh man!
1: I always, I always wonder if Perry... I wanted
4: to go to this. There's, there are just there's a few concerts that I tried to go to so bad that it, it really burns me to this day. I didn't get to see in Lollapalooza '92.
2: All right, this, this is off topic, right up but, there
4: uh... with the Octung Baby tour and um, oh, it was uh, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and I think it was NWA Faith no More. did a show all together. Hmm. No, that I really wanted to see just because I kind of wanted to see the crowd and yeah. maybe get stabbed, yes. but. Uh, so, so i've asked together
2: i've asked this of friends in the past uh-huh. what concert in history so you can travel back in time would you mm. most like to see
4: mm. oh i i'll tell you mine to be... just to start out okay
2: i would Go like for. to see johnny cash at Folsom prison
4: oh good that's a good one
2: mm.
4: in person um the last waltz
1: okay that's say... an amazing
4: concert film to be there in person would have been pretty fucking incredible
1: i'll say those two because i literally have never ever in my life every time i go see a music show now i'm like this is fun right this is gonna end soon i hope there's only (laughs) one encore i'm just i'm too old to care about this Uh,
4: imagine being front row at monterey pop when Hendrix starts lighting his guitar on fire after humping it and breaking it i saw it I, i but being in the front row... I
1: know, I know. I'm being, I'm being I mean,
4: like, what is he doing? Oh, my God, we're going to die.
1: And I just want to say here and now, I think... Perry Farrell is a name I know in music, despite knowing very little of his music. And I think he, he had to have made more money on Lollapalooza than he did off of Porno for Pyros, at least, if not all of the Jane's Addictions releases. Anyway, all, new releases are also out this week in terms of albums. Dirty by Sonic Youth is out this week, House of Pain's self-titled debut, and uh, Shorty the Pimp by Two Shorts. All great ones. Uh, so let's close out with Jump Around by House of Pain, but stay right there. We've got so much fun stuff to talk about in 2002.
0: I'm in a trunk and I got more rhymes in this cops that are do Donuts Shop Showing up I got pop from the kids on the hill with my mom and my pops I can't make it down, I can't make it down So get down your seat and jump around Are you a content creator like the good folks here at 302010? If so, I don't need to tell you how time-consuming it can be to go searching for that perfect video clip, image, sound, or piece of music to put the finishing touches on your latest project. How nice would it be to have a huge library of royalty-free content at your fingertips? Well, I have good news. Storyblocks is here to help creators like you bring all your stories to life without sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. Storyblocks gives you access to a huge demand-driven library of 4K and HD footage, After Effects and Premiere Pro templates, music, images, sound effects, and more to give you everything you need to bring your stories to life. Assets are royalty-free, so you can use your downloaded content anywhere for commercial and personal use. Their unlimited all-access plan includes over 1 million assets in their library, including things like the background music you're hearing in this very ad. Whether you're a seasoned content creator or someone just dabbling with your first YouTube or Twitch channel, Storyblocks offers a selection of flexible subscriptions that fit every budget and scale to give you all the content and tools you need to focus on what's most important, creating. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at storyblocks.com 302010. Once again, that's storyblocks.com slash 302010.
3: I am no hero, oh, that's for sure. But I do know one thing. It's where you are, it's where I belong.
1: Coming into in 2002 with "Where Are You Going" by the Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band, a band I too bored with to talk shit about, <laughs> but don't hate. <laughs> they were
2: the joke for the longest time. They were the band in my mind that everyone
1: loved to make fun of. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Hey ho, oh, oh,
4: oh. uh, yeah. yeah. Is it soft music for soft boys?
1: Uh, yes, a lot of clarinets. But uh, but yeah, I, no no offense to Dave Matthews Band. They're fine. No offense to Dave. We call him Dave. It's 2002, people. July 15th to the 21st. We have other new albums, including The Remote Park by Idlewild. We got busted stuff by Dave Matthews man, as we sort of hinted at. Daybreaker by Beth Orton, Dreamland by Ro- what?
4: I said, yay! I oh, like okay,
1: Beth Orton. Dreamland by Robert Plant. Highly evolved, the debut of the of vines. The vines. Uh, I miss my friend by uh, Daryl Worley, and somebody battles the pink robots by the Flaming Lips. That album I did have. Hot in Here by Nelly is still number one. Welcome to 2002, and. Oh, I love all this stuff. As a little bit of news, Telecom Giant, WorldCom files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, the the then largest such filing in the United States States history.
2: Yeah, so this Uh. was Funny Books, the uh, tragedy. So what happened was the first quarter, they ran the numbers, and it showed that they were losing money. The CFO said, there must be a mistake, so run those numbers again. And it's like that scene in The Office where the accountant goes, well, I don't really run the numbers, I just push the button and the computer shows me so if i push the button again it's going to give me the same numbers mm. and the cfo said run the numbers again uh, you're still losing money that's a mistake here's a piece of paper write the number that you think we make and the second quarter still showing a loss so they did it again and then the third quarter the same thing happened and it was just write what how much money you think we are making yeah the technical legal name for this is <laughs> yeah, they
4: just started putting shit on the books that they just kind of made up. And then because they wanted to keep their stock price up, because this world combo just bought MCI a little bit before. And yeah, they just start making shit up to prop up the stock price, which was already tanking. So what's even the point? Yeah. And they made something like $11 billion of fake fraud. money.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they were doing the weirdest stuff. Like they were leasing stuff that was losing money. And they decided to register that as future profits because someday <laughs> those leases were going to pay off.
4: Yeah, that's... And, and they decided the,
2: the assets they paid today in full for were just going to be booked over the next 15 years. So it wasn't the full price this year. It was one fifteenth of the full price this year. <sighs> it's, yeah. it's, it's such a, yep.
1: a strange... It's so
4: fucking dumb. But... Someone finally went to jail.
1: Oh, really? The,
4: the CEO actually went to prison for this. And then he got out because he was dying. And then he died right after. But he, uh, he a, actually did a couple of years worth of fucking time.
1: Playing tennis. One of those nice yeah, prisons.
4: Probably. Uh, but between this and Enron, we got some good laws out of it about how you can't make up shit on your books, dummy.
1: I, 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 I'm I, finding this fascinating transit transitioning into the next thing. I thought we had, we had certain monopoly laws in place that the telecom giants couldn't immediately swallow every aspect of a budding internet during this era. Instead they were That was
2: actually telecom's problem. Yeah. They said, "We're growing, we're growing. We want to grow more." And we said, "No, you can't do that." Mm-hmm. And that like they were like, "But our whole business model is growing and buying new things. And now we can't grow anymore."
3: Fraud
1: time yeah it said <laughs> at&t played the waiting game and then bought up all mm-hmm. the as as the new internet mobile companies slowly merged together but and i believe verizon owns all of whatever worldcom yeah. was worldcom mci yeah. and uh i'm just transitioning to that just because right now in a separate news story ebay is having a giant problem with cam tapes of movies and movie theaters And it has to like has to it is has to pledge that it's no, 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 no need to regulate. We will ban all these accounts personally. But they also announced their acquisition of PayPal. And we talked about that movie, I think, The Middleman a while ago. But like paying for things on the Internet was not a thing that happened anywhere close to instantaneously. And I have to my my first purchase was an eBay purchase via PayPal. I think even before Amazon And I, and I've always thought of them as as the same company, but no, it was just a strange marriage. They eventually bought PayPal. I don't think they can, they still own PayPal, but you can still use PayPal to pay for things on eBay. But, uh, that's a huge deal. The
4: smartest thing eBay ever fucking did.
1: Secure, secure payments.
4: Yeah. You can do one click payment. Mm -hmm. I don't have to put in a credit card and wonder about this. I don't have to send a check, which is how I think I bought my first thing on, on the internet so oh, i yeah, sent cause... them a check and i hoped they didn't just steal from me i
1: not only yeah, i was so scary like doing that over via check uh i got fucked like twice but i was you know able to cancel a check all that stuff and and just but i also remember i'm also like becoming of drinking age and it's easy to do ebay one-click purchases waking up with he-man toys on my doorstep not uh, not the greatest i, times. I
2: will, I will yeah. never forget yeah. the onion article mm. uh man recovers from hangover and wonder why he bought complete set of mama's family <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm so much more disciplined now but uh yeah moving into the 2002 of perdition moves up to number one of the box office taking over men in black Two. which good for it yeah
4: yeah Like yeah, I like- said, i don't know why it clicked with me so much this time around but damn i love that movie I had a good time i want to go live in that movie it's so pretty
1: uh, a movie that might need a little bit of championing. Uh, Tom- I think
4: it deserves it, actually. Yeah,
1: Tom Noonan, Riley yeah. Smith, Eileen Ryan, uh, J. Arlen Jones, Matt Zerski, uh, Leon Ripley, Rick Overton, Scott Tara, Dougie Doug, Scarlett Johansson, Carrie Rohrer, and David Arquette in Eight-Legged Freaks. Man, every like every, the way they marketed it, like everyone my age hated it. And then when I finally saw it, I'm like, this is actually the perfect movie for us. Oh man, what did we do? It's another... I I I, I wasn't in the country. How did they market it? Uh, it It just looked bad. And I think David Arquette in what he was doing at that point including mci 1-800 collect commercials that were just <laughs> hyper obnoxious i think i really hated david arcad at the time um turn turn around on it Matt, thanks that documentary but yeah, yeah I, that, that, that it's a I, d-
4: just, I love that we have this at the same time we have honey that blew up the kid mm-hmm. we blew up the kid which is a you know it, it ends in this you know 50s attack of the 50 foot woman kind of way and this is the same thing this is a 50s b movie yes
1: It is it is us. It's like a sci-fi original, a sci-fi original with Hollywood budget. But that's that's the problem.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm not sure there was an audience large enough for this outside of video on demand or a streaming service. I mean, creature features are very very rare these days.
1: Yeah, sadly, Mm -hmm. except on Sci-Fi Channel. There's been some real good ones. Um,
2: Yeah, but this is just a. Fun horror film. Yep, you know it's a it's a horror film. The uh, arachnids eat people in very scary, gruesome ways, mm-hmm. and we're meant to have fun with it. I'm trying to think of what the last fun horror film was, and Cabin in the Woods comes to mind, mm-hmm. and not much else. Fun. Yeah. Horror.
1: I don't know. We watched we yeah, just watched Hereditary so. as a group for like the fourth time, so that movie's still fun for me, but it definitely leans way out of comedy. Funny? Uh, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's not funny. funny. But it was fun. <laughs> yeah, Do you know the original title for this film? Yes, because no. they had to change it. it why would you 9/11. call it this? Yeah.
2: The original title was Iraq Attack.
1: Yes. And then they realized uh, in America. other countries, that minor nuance in pronunciation is not going to exist. Even and, in America. Even I in America.
2: yeah, The uh, <laughs> minor difference would be uh, noticeable in 2002. But... I watched this in 2002. It was exactly what I wanted. I wanted a dumb, fun movie. It delivered on all fronts. I enjoyed it. But it was while watching this movie that I came to a realization that I've kept in mind for the last 20 years, although it's never come into play. Mm -hmm. I realized that if I'm ever in any supernatural or sci-fi situation and I have to call the police I am 100% lying. I'm not (laughs) telling the police it's Martians. I'm not telling the police it's alien lizard people. If I need help, I'm going to say, Police! Uh, a biker gang or Antifa is attacking yeah. our town. Communism. We need help. Police. Yeah. Uh, Black people are having
1: something. a barbecue without a permit and they show up and it's aliens. Oh. Yep.
2: <laughs> uh, I am going to lie my ass off to get the police or the National Guard or whoever I can get help. I am not going to admit to any sci fi event if it ever happens to me in real life. Never, yeah. never, never.
4: That's a good plan. Yeah, no, the trades, there's a big radioactive spill and a bunch of spiders got in it and now. They're sneaking up and eating people and they're in a cave yeah that i own uh yeah no what would i yeah. say so i don't mm.
1: want to make the tremors comparison uh, again
2: gang. i'm telling you just
4: biker gang yeah you're biker right gang.
2: I, I, I... I think they're i think they're on crystal meth they're acting really crazy uh i shot one guy he kept coming and uh, yeah. you need lots of firepower because these guys are really dangerous
4: and they're speaking arabic yes
1: yeah. they keep talking about sharia <laughs> law and have all these aoc shirts
4: Yep, they said they're going to force critical race theory on children. <laughs> Please help me. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, it's cop kryptonite. They love that shit. Just as, as we sort of love Eight-Legged Freaks. I don't want to invoke tremors yeah, again. but It's like, a recommend it's,
3: for me, honestly.
1: It's a B-movie that knows what it is and is having the <laughs> most fun with it. And it's way better than Arachnophobia, which is somehow getting a reboot or remake. Oh, really?
4: Mm-hmm. Also, I I have to shout out the, the cover on this, the poster. Mm, it's kind of <laughs> I think people saw it and they're like, look at this trash yes. and didn't realize... That it is intentionally a stupid, terrible poster. <laughs> no, <it's>, uh, I <laughs> mean, it's just a giant spider in the background, and in the foreground is just a big dumb David Arquette head going
3: ah.
1: And it's still it's still Although, the cover
2: image. I'm surprised they don't move 18 year old Scarlett Johansson to the front of the new covers because yeah. mm-hmm. she's in this yeah. film and she's doing a perfectly fine performance. Yeah, I mean, she's 18, she's acting like a teenager.
1: Mm. And then moving yeah. on to uh, a movie that I think Another movie that's found a way to be reappraised But didn't blow the box office up necessarily <laughs> Steve Nicholson, Tim, Tim Woodward, uh, Donald Sumter John Shrapnel um, I think Shrapnel? Cool name uh, Josh Ackert, Peter Sarsgaard, Liam Neeson And Harrison Ford in K-19 The Widowmaker Without
3: me, you're nothing One captain Without you I am not One mission. Captain, yes, they fired a torpedo! Report! we got a leak. We could have an explosion.
1: We can't fix it. Nuclear war. One man's courage is the only hope we have. The mission's over. I'll tell you when the mission is over. Harrison Ford. We
3: will not fail. Liam Neeson. Where is the boat? K-19,
1: 13 K-19, The Widowmaker.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, big old disappointment at the time, and... I have to admit, I was also kind of disappointed because it is directed by Catherine Bigelow, who's one of my favorite filmmakers. She's and the Never, chick what makes dude movies. The Never Get
1: Tired has been quietly making great dude movies her, in her entire career. Vampires, yes. oh, surfers, right. just oh, all all yeah. great dude oh, movies.
4: Point break to the Hurt Locker, baby. Mm-hmm. And this one, it, the direction's great. I mean, she's, she's obviously learned from previous sub-movies of how go crazy with the steady cam and make you feel really trapped in the small space but it moves so slowly yeah. it takes an hour to get to the nuclear accident that is really the point of the movie the rest of the time like there is kind of an underlying theme of like unquestioning belief in communism you know oh, the soviet navy loves us so much they wouldn't send us defective parts you must be wrong and just being a true believer in how that fucks everything up. But it takes so long to get where it's going, because this is about, it's based on a true story, this is the first Russian nuclear submarine that a part immediately broke, mm-hmm. and they uh, almost melted down inside the submarine, which would have set off the nuclear warheads inside as well, and um, would have started World War Three. Yeah. It's, and uh, and it's 1961, which is a really kind of tense time with mm-hmm. the Americans and the Soviets. And yeah, so uh, Harrison Ford is the the captain who is really, I'm surprised as Harrison Ford took this part because he is just a dick the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's
1: a rare <laughs> ultra villain role. Not like the the What Lies Beneath where it's revealed at the end, he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy the whole time. He rarely does that. No,
4: he is incredible hard ass the whole time. Mm-hmm.
2: Let me ask you, what is the emotional heart of this film? Whose uh, story is this film? Warhead. Is it Harrison Ford? Is it Liam Neeson's?
4: It's kind of Liam Neeson's. But it's the not very much. Demoted? Yeah.
2: And that's the problem I have yeah. with this film, is that it's not a great film. Uh, mm. This is National Geographic's attempt to break into the blockbuster film business. And it shows, honestly. This is them doing kind of their National Geographic, wow, those are some great sweeping vistas, and I could totally go for some voiceover telling me all about this, but you (laughs) are not ringing me in. I think if you compare this to HBO's
1: Chernobyl, Chernobyl
2: blows it out of the water. And
1: we just watched Das Boot for classic corner and that like that should have been a streaming series because it's very long and there's definitely episodes in there but it's wonderful yeah, yeah wonderful. it
4: originally was a series yeah. and that's why there's multiple cuts because there's like the five hour version and then there's the two hour version and then there's like the three and a half hour version that's probably the oh. best one yeah this was uh i i my hopes were high i i did end up wanting to champion this and on like its right. attention to detail on the technical sub stuff was Pretty cool, and Harrison Ford versus Liam Neeson is a dad fight for the ages,
3: yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! But
4: <laughs> the movie is so slow, and I never felt as invested as I should until yep. it starts, it, you know, until the meltdown starts, and they realize like we're gonna have to send guys in, you know, for 10 minutes to try to fix this thing. And after 10 minutes, they come out and they are crispy crittered, and you realize every time they're opening that door everyone's getting irradiated. What should they should they just like scuttle the ship and just all die because I, like I, even when they go home they're all radiated now.
2: Yeah, I I felt like this tried too hard to be an action movie mm-hmm. when it should yeah. have been a crisis management movie. Yeah, And that's yeah. what Chernobyl does right. Chernobyl gets us into the minds of these guys who are being sent into near certain death and it shows us the complex nature of a nuclear disaster in a way this film fails to draw me in. I mean, it it does capture some real uh, history well. Russia was always just a barely developed country with a huge population competing against the most technologically advanced country on the planet. In the Cold War, the saying to slag on the Soviet Union was the Soviet Union is Burkina Faso with rockets.
1: Ah, Um, I get that. Oh, God. What? What?
2: Uh, (laughs) they didn't have the technology they didn't have the skills to compete on this super super high level and it really shows on this they are giving their best to make the best nuclear vessel they can and this wasn't this uh submarine's only problem okay uh this this after the huge horrible events of this film here are some other problems uh that this So oh, uh, oh,
4: before you even get to those okay. before it even took to see 10 people had died in its construction yep through a series of fuck-ups
2: yep. yeah after the events of this film it has a collision with the uss gato then in february of 1972 it has the first fire of 72 then in november of Dude, 1972 what? Another fire breaks out. Oh, fuck. And then in November of 78, another fire breaks out. And then in August of 82, an electrical short happens, which kills a sailor. And then uh, finally in April of 1990, it is decommissioned. It took
1: that, Uh, it's like the Ezra Miller of submarines. Yeah.
4: And, uh, (laughs) And yeah, and we wouldn't have known about any of this until the fall of the Soviet Union. So we, we never knew that in 1961, yeah, we came really close to having a massive nuclear disaster in the North Atlantic that would probably trigger us to launch yeah. missiles.
2: 1992 to 2000 is an incredibly interesting time as a historian of the Soviet Union because the Russian Federation was more or less yeah look through all these archives find out all the crazy shit the Soviets did and people went nuts and they were like this is so great we're getting history and then Putin was like you'll no know, make Russia look bad with this you'll no know, see our records no more um so yeah yeah uh, in a lot of ways uh, historians could find more in 1992 about the soviet union than they can today this isn't a uh, recommend for me i mm, I, I think right it could be a lot better than it is i'd love to see a netflix or hbo miniseries like chernobyl about yeah, this that the, would work ooh. it's worth doing yeah
1: God, I love absolutely uh, yeah and i'm just glad jr pointed out if you ever wondered why there's a national geographic tab in your disney plus this is this is one yeah. of the ventures that started out why. It's just one of the things they acquired in the Fox uh, takeover. Blah, blah, blah. K-19. Mm-hmm. The Widowmaker. Not even close to number one at the box office. Pretty significant. Uh, what in this cost $100 million? It's just salaries? CGI, baby. Uh, Wait, what? In The Widowmaker? Widowmaker. In the next... oh, oh, uh, oh,
4: the dispen-
2: Widowmaker. Oh, oh, another thing. The Widowmaker. The Widowmaker as a nickname is completely made up for this film. Do you know the real nickname? of this submarine no the soviet sailors referred to it as k-19 hiroshima wow <laughs> yeah. that bodes well
4: if it blew up it would have been a bigger explosion than hiroshima
1: yeah um, ah, man and I, yeah. I i cannot believe i was able to spout all this shit about an underwhelming sequel like Punya blew up the kid and i'm maybe have four sentences to say on this movie i couldn't even get through look at this cast though huh maria bamford amelia marsh brad garrett uh, jim dugan mark john jeffries ashley Hollick, Anna and ashley Hollock, steve zahn james woods jonathan lipnicki gina davis hugh laurie nathan lane melanie griffith and the voice of michael j fox it's Stuart little too this summer who's the biggest name in action i got it i got it
3: is that a trick question when the stakes are this big. I have to help her. The hero has got to be. Or he's over. Her face. is Little.
0: That feels like enough adventure for one day.
3: Stuart Little 2.
0: This is now officially a litter box.
1: Rated PG. In theaters July 19th. Stuart Little 2. Why should we have to? I have a lot of opinions on Honey, Blew Up the Kid, because I was the right age group to see it. Mm-hmm. I didn't care at all about Stuart Little, despite I think I read the book. And allegedly this one is a little more accurate to the book.
4: Yeah, this uh, one's much closer to just being an adaptation of the book.
2: Does Stuart Little ever ride a motorcycle?
4: Yeah. No. Yes, he he flies a little plane.
2: Okay. And he's he got a little car. I, I definitely remember a...
4: It's not Mouse in the Motorcycle. Okay, That's that
2: definitely. was my question. It's okay. not Mouse I Hunt either, that, despite Nathan I, Lane. I, I've never read Stuart Little. Then, no connection yeah. to it at all.
4: So, yeah, I mean, Stuart is—he's just—he's a mouse, but he's a person. Like, yeah, I guess he has a birth defect of some kind that makes him a mouse. That's basically what what his background is. And yeah, Me- and mediocre one, Paddington. It, yeah, he's tiny Paddington, and this one's about how uh, like he meets this bird that's injured, voiced by Melanie Griffith, and you know, like, oh, can. We we should take care of her. We're friends now, and it turns out like she's actually working for evil James Woods, who's a falcon, who, and they steal stuff. And James Woods then, can't you know. play
1: evil. It's impossible. He's yeah, too likable.
4: Oh, he's America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. You know, shenanigans, animals, sass talking. It's fine. You know, I, I my expectations were kind of low for Stuart Little. It, it's very it's cute. It's heartwarming. Yeah. They're they're very gentle friendly children's movies extremely unthreatening and yeah this one was like yeah it' was fine
1: performs performs decently again costs an incredible amount of money for what's on screen in my opinion
4: yeah it does, doesn't is not a blockbuster yeah. it, it probably just made his money money back and then the next sequel goes direct to DVD
1: yes you know and that's a shame
4: because, yeah, these are very light charming movies they're fine for kids they're not you're not going to feel insulted by them, which is that that's pretty much my standard for can I watch a kids movie is if I am actively angry at it <laughs>
3: and
4: it be, feel like I'm being insulted. Yeah. No, not even for kids. I won't show that to kids. This is fine, pleasant, charming, cute, fun. He flies a little airplane. So, you know, we got some that uh, little people in a big world thing going on.
1: Yeah. Well, he yells like Marty McFly.
4: Ah, Doc, yeah. I'm
1: tiny. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Stewart Little, too. You may have seen it. 2002 television. Boy, did I have even less of knowledge of, of any of this because uh was not watching TV this summer and did not, and must have missed out on 30 Seconds to Fame, picking up on the brand new uh, genre of televised talent shows. But yeah,
4: American Idol yeah. just started. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: but it was in the air, you know, no one knew american idol was going to be a hit until it was Mm -hmm. i mean not even the people making it knew it was going to be hit so people were throwing everything at the wall to see what
1: quickly and that's how that's how fast that's how fast reality shows were able to copy one another and like it's bizarre american idol remained popular because like anybody could rip off the idea at any time and it just never worked that well
2: nope 30 seconds to fame you had 24 different talent acts all of which can last no more than 30 seconds so you had contortionism juggling magic tricks stand-up comedy beatboxing singing and dancing acts now i cannot (laughs) imagine the stand-up comedy routine that lasts 30 seconds Mm -hmm. i mean i don't i don't understand how you connect with your audience hey folks how
1: you doing this reagan guy is crazy that's my time i'm out of here um (laughs) (laughs) 30 seconds it's it's it seems like it's trying to give you the digestibility of looking at tiktok but you but you (laughs) basically get to look at it for an entire hour and enjoy only 20 things which is why tiktok is so much better than whatever this format was trying to be show me the whole thing make me sit through this performance that I like. Instead of all these performances, I don't. Not everybody's going to yeah. be here for everything. So yeah, 30 it doesn't last long. 16 episodes, but it, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't get exported overseas as uh, several different versions. So 30 seconds to fame exists and Brazil and Argentina and Indonesia, South Africa. Moving on to a show I've never heard of, What Happened to Robot Jones?
2: Uh, Yeah, you know, this is one of Cartoon Network's forgotten shows. People Mm -hmm. talk about Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Laboratory, and they never, ever, ever talk about this show. Mm -hmm. It's a robot that attends school, learning about things, becoming a better person. In some ways, it kind of reminds me of Charlie brown mm-hmm. you know the plot of peanuts are rather minor it's how the characters internal lives matter and that's kind of what robot jones is it's uh, showing the humanity interesting fact this is the last cartoon network show produced on animation cells wow. from here on wow. out it's all computers
1: folks and Dang. As an animation cell, <laughs>
4: like he's he's voiced by a text-to-speech from Microsoft Word '98. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: that's fun. But, that. Yeah, he's got a robot voice.
1: Thirteen glorious episodes. Right. Uh, from, that's cute. And uh, but an animated program. I'm guessing some of our listeners probably did hear about the Adventures oh, yeah. of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius debuts this week, and it is a bizarre reverse trajectory for Nickelodeon. They making the movie first, and then. Nickelodeon made the movie. It wasn't It wasn't Ooh. Penguins of Madagascar. They're not just showing you how to train your dragon show. They made the movie first and then decided to keep on going to a show. And CG shows were pretty rare in 2002. So.
2: But that's the big cost saver is because once they made the movie, they yeah. had all the models, the models, they had all the backgrounds, they had all the other things, and it's all on computers. Yeah, so you're not. just building off the scaffolding that you already built for your movie so they could do it a lot cheaper
1: and i I can't tell from you know twitter and facebook if love for jimmy neutron is ultra sincere or ironic because it man it looks fucking terrible
2: well it's 2002 (laughs) television cgi yes it's god awful but you know the character himself is just what if bart simpson was albert einstein there
1: you go you know and and it but just like the longevity in them, I can't, it just, one of the things that makes me feel so old. I was too old to watch this show, yet I'm still living through its renaissance. And, so, and, and then I look like, oh yeah, this had a ride at Universal Studios that was replaced by Minions Eleven years ago, what the fuck? The, the Minions <laughs> are still <laughs> yeah. new to me. Oh my Jimmy god, Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast. Yeah, there was a Nicktoons ride that I think I did go on. And it's like SpongeBob, got it, Rugrats, all good, and then it goes to Jimmy Neutron World. I'm like, really? This he's a he's the bronze medalist of <laughs> of this Nickelodeon trio. <laughs> like, I find that bizarre. I'm kind of surprised this only
4: went four years. I feel like this ran for quite a long time. But I mean, I'm sure they just they had four years of new episodes and then they just reran them i think for like, another and
1: also eight. like like pete and pete it's confusing because it, it had unique interstitials that aired sometime mm-hmm. before and after that but yeah and i think in, right around the time the show gets canceled you're getting all these nickelodeon channels where you can rewatch old stuff instead of it disappearing forever so kids probably had a little more time with it tune disney i believe it's called and then moving so briefly into games i keep wondering which one of these is the last one of NCAA Football 2003 comes out on PS2. I and-
2: cannot see any NCAA game without thinking of that South Park episode, mm. which is all about how EA Sports is just kind of screwing over yeah. college mm. players. Yeah, we, 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 we
1: talked about it on a couple of our podcasts because TL and, and Matt are in more. Apparently, the game of college football is... Uh- in and out of video games is a little more exciting and faster paced than football from what I've heard. I don't know. Mm. It's all boring to Mm. me. But yeah, a player who hadn't played in 25 years loaded up the game and saw himself there and like, hmm, not even, no check and no permission. Let's look into this. And the idea that the NCAA could argue like, oh, we couldn't afford to hold football if we paid our players. And like, I live in a college football town. Everything is built <laughs> off of that stadium, including like the fucking film school. Like <laughs> it, everything is all about this stadium, and which you ask the government for money for. By the way, you don't pay for out of tuition. What the fuck mm-hmm. are you talking about? Why should you have in perpetuity license to these students forever? Bullshit. And I, I, apparently they settled on something, so it's it's coming back. But it, I'm trying to mm-hmm. remember what year. The end, uh, people, the end people the people the players finally push back on the ncaa as they should have uh, Good
4: uh, for them. the
1: last ea ncaa football was uh, 2014 oh god okay
4: so no, that. Oh, 14 the one that comes out in 2013
1: yeah i'm uh yeah. yeah 11 years off of talking about it so save up for that uh let's take us out of uh 2002 with do you realize by the flaming lips uh, this song was kind of everywhere maybe not radio but i heard it in commercials aplenty but yeah take us out flaming lips but hey when we get back got to talk batman do you
4: This is Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth watching. And for the week of July 15th through 21st, we got uh, two out of 1982 again and an undisputed classic in case you're getting sick of movies from 1982. So starting from 1982, 40 years ago this week, we have Pink Floyd's The Wall came out. I... I've never truly been super into The Wall, uh, directed by Alan Parker with a bunch of animation uh, by Gerald Scarf. But I... Big swings. I think I've talked about it. I I, I like ambition. It's an ambitious project. I think part of it's just I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan, but I like them well enough. And I appreciate any group that turns their albums into a bizarre concept film. Okay, cool. So, yeah, if you've never... Uh, gotten high and tried watching Pink Floyd's The Wall, you totally should. I mean, why not? Especially, I don't know if you have shag carpet around that you can lie on while you <laughs> do so, but I feel like that's a... <laughs> I feel like that's part of it. Thank you for laughing, jr Also from 1982 turning 40 this week is The World According to Garp, film adaptation uh, directed by George Roy Hill uh, from the book by John Irving, starring Robin Williams, Mary Beth Hurt, Glenn Close, John Lithgow in one of the first characters that's trans in a movie and is actually like treated well i think glenn close's film debut too good lord feels like she's been around forever but no just 40 years and it's i heard people say obviously they like the book better sure that's usually the truth but this is a strange movie (laughs) it is a, a weird strange movie that has just a lot of odd ideas in it just flying all over the place you know because it's about this guy who was mo- his mom is a, a nurse who impregnated herself off of a dying world war ii soldier who couldn't really consent and then there's all kinds of stuff going on with like you know he meets a girl he gets married she's cheating on him there's you know when they have kids there's an accident there's there's a whole a group of like feminists who cut their tongues out there's a lot of crazy shit going on in it and uh, i find it definitely interesting it's never boring so yeah world according to gart 1982 definitely uh, an interesting early role for robin williams i don't think people were necessarily expecting that from you know mork but you're sick of 1982 stone cold classic this week turning 70 from 1952 is high noon starring gary cooper lloyd bridges grace kelly uh when they started the national film registry this was one of the first movies they put in because it is an absolute classic even if you hate westerns i think you will love high noon because it's a thriller and it's told in real time it's about this marshal bad guys are coming on the train he's got a certain amount of time to like find some help no one wants to fucking help him because uh yeah it's kind of a metaphor for mccarthyism and the screenwriter was blacklisted and John Wayne in particular thought it was the most un-American thing he'd ever fucking seen. So that's the best endorsement you're ever going to get. Besides all the politics and stuff, just a good thriller, man. It really is just a good thriller of, like, no one wants to help this guy. What?
2: Can I say something? Sure. If you want a awesome double feature, watch High Noon and John Wayne's Rio Bravo.
4: Yes!
3: They are <laughs>
2: direct films having a conversation with each other.
4: Yeah. Rio Bravo is the patriotic version where he's got to get a group together and it goes a lot better. But it's still like, there's still some arm twisting of like, people don't, I don't want to have to deal with the scary gunfighter guy. Isn't that your job? You're the marshal. Could you just, could we just not? And yeah, so absolutely. Those two go together fantastically. But you want to just, just, just start with High Noon. You don't want to deal with fucking John Wayne. One of the no brainer highest recommends I could ever make High Noon. Moves fast, tense as hell fun interesting great performances that's it for this week stay classic
0: for the sky keep your eye on the kind forever in my mind you my the sunshine waiting in your mind so push them clouds aside forever by my side you my
1: Coming into 2012 with Sunshine by Modish Yahoo off of Spark Secrets. Modish Yahoo, anybody checked in on him? How's he doing?
4: He uh, seems to be doing pretty well. This is, he shaved the beard. No. Yeah, this is the first time you've seen him because he, he left the Lubavitchers, but I believe he was still an Orthodox Jew. But at some point he, sh- he shaved the beard right before this came out, so you get to see what does Madis Yahoo look like under there and turns out, it's some guy. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: well, also new releases out in 2012, July 15th to the 21st. We got Intrinsic by the uh, contor- by Contortionist, Wait and Glory by KB, a self-titled debut of Milo Green, Delayed Reaction by Soul Asylum, All I Was by uh, Tremonti, and the Soul Sessions Volume 2 by Joss Stone. Uh, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen is still number one. Now, uh, now we have to talk about some things that are happening in the news. Two major news stories involving movie theaters and I promise if you get through the bad one, you'll be buoyed by the funnier one but uh, at a movie we're about to talk about Dark Knight Rises, a Friday showing in Aurora, Colorado, you know where I'm going with this, yeah, an asshole wearing a tactical vest, gear sets off a tear gas grenade and opens fire, first with a shotgun and then with a, oh I've never heard of this gun before, an AR-15 hmm, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: weird with a
4: hundred round drum magazine And luckily, it fucks up. Yeah. But oh, good, he's got a handgun too. And uh, he kills 12 people and injures 70. He pleads not guilty by reason of insanity. But um, no, it's pretty clear he did a bunch of things to show he knew what he was doing was wrong. And he has received 12 life sentences plus another 3,300 years because of...
1: Oh, everyone hurt
4: because everyone hurt yep. and also like he rigged his apartment to explode <laughs> and yeah
1: this is this is i think but yeah. this
4: guy, i'm not that's why i'm not even mentioning this guy's no name no because i
2: i looked up this guy and i have literally already forgotten his name i yeah. researched the news articles for this and i found a ton of youtube videos talking about this incident when it happened but i looked there's never been a five year retrospective. There's never been a 10 year retrospective. Asshole number 237 is completely forgotten. Yep. No one cares yep. about this guy after the brief little news
1: spin. I even, I even looked into it. Times, you shouldn't. That's yep. a warning to any other mass shooter. This guy is consistently harassed in prison because it turns out even people guilty of crimes don't like mass shooters and has had it been moved yeah. to practically anonymously to God knows where. And uh, news outlets have said, we could look it up, but why bother? Because yeah. I, I, what we do have to say is that this dude tried to be the Joker down to looking like him and doing Joker yeah. things in a Batman it, movie. That and-
3: is
4: a little bit up for debate there there are some people that say that like yeah he dyed his hair red and said call me the joker and there's a bunch of other like the prison psychiatrists who said no he picked this movie because it was opening night and he knew it'd be huge and yes, be a big crowd. yes and but, he just wanted to kill people also he... he picked a midnight movie because he want, didn't want to kill kids which says a lot about his intention Also. all right, all right. Also, Kids, I'm going to so. take I'm going
1: to take 20 years off his sentence for that um <laughs> this 3,000 year sentence but but like uh this is when the news finally had to have a discussion and like stop showing these guys pictures stop talking mm-hmm. about them because this guy clearly like that was part of what he wanted to yeah. be legendary and I gotta say the news has gotten really good about that it's the right-wing news now that I think needs to get a get a real handle on whether or not to so- talk about these shooters as people because that's because i think the other news outlets in america have stopped doing that in america because you don't have to deal with this if you're in other countries (laughs) um
4: yeah but yeah it's like we can talk about the shooters and why they do this without making their name famous yes
1: and we can
2: also again even if you shout his name from the rooftops no one's going to remember it i literally read this guy's name multiple times and i'm not bsing when i say i've forgotten his name no this
1: already. is this is some like real right. comic book century shit we are collectively making an effort to forget these people because we do have a way of memorializing mass murderers and we have for decades and that's yep. kind of what we've talked to the psychologist and said that's the thing we need to stop doing because that's what the, most of these mass shooters want they're not necessarily crazy they're just bored and mm-hmm. they think they're they're operating on that like toxic white male masculinity horse shit where they think they're special and when they can't prove a way to... Anyway, this happens in, yeah. in a dark night screening and you can blame mental health. And the next person you hear who yeah. blames mental health, please then, please ask them what your well, plan actually, is for mental health. Please.
4: Yeah, yeah. Please. Absolutely. Yeah, if the problem is mental health, let's throw some money you, at mental health. Because last time
1: I looked, you were trying That's to cut everybody's health care, tons of funding towards mental health outreach programs.
4: Yeah, and this guy had... He had actually had uh counselors and one of them thought about trying to red flag him and decided it's probably gonna make it worse and instead he could go legally buy a whole bunch of guns Mm -hmm. and go do this and then the fallout from this is the movie gangster squad had a trailer in front of this in front of dark knight and it contains a scene where people are machine gunned at a movie theater and they pulled the trailer they pushed the movie back uh i think they cut the scene it might be back in now but uh movie's terrible anyway but this guy (laughs) this guy pisses me off because movie theaters are my fucking church yeah all right that is my safe space where it's just i get lost in the experience it's just me and the screen and now you realize oh i'm a sitting duck here and now i look for every exit and I keep my eye on who's there. Around. There haven't
2: been many since, have there? Uh, I
1: feel no. like... Yeah. Not with this gun, certainly. Uh, yeah. Yes, this is, this is always going to be happening. And, and none of us are safe. And you actually think Blue Lives Matter, you should feel terrible for having to... Every cop has to treat every person like they're armed with an AR-15 because we <laughs> allow this. So if you care about the lives of police officers, you Blue Lives matters maroons... Please factor that in because their lives are in yep. jeopardy as well. In addition to a bunch of people who wanted to see a movie uh, this, this one night, 12 people who lost their lives. This is just fucking – this is enraging. And it just yeah. – I, I can't – like, fuck your guns, you fucking cowards. Learn karate, you bitch. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, lighter side of movie theater.
4: <laughs> Meanwhile. Uh, like,
1: the, the best uh, – speaking of collective, like, blindness, this story is amazing because Fred Willard is arrested at a porn theater in la for god knows what
3: i
4: think they they charge him with public indecency what's weird is all the stories at the time seem to get his age wrong they keep naming him a 72 and i'm pretty sure he was 78 because he was way older than he looked he's even older he he went into the uh, tiki theater on santa monica boulevard he says he was just hanging out in the back row not actually doing anything cops like to rouse that place all the time Uh, yeah he got arrested he, you know, he made he just, bails, all uh, like five. What
1: do you think he said? Oh, what the hey, <laughs> 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 fellas? How come about on,
4: Papa?
1: oh, come on, fellas. Touchy, touchy.
4: But you know, the, he goes to a diversion program, which includes counseling, and the charges are dropped.
1: And and I think but even, even I better, love how
4: collectively, everyone didn't care.
1: It's collectively like, <laughs> leave Fred Willard alone. This happened to Paul Rubens, and like he couldn't appear in public for like half a decade, and yeah. it happened to Fred Willard, and everyone's like. He's an old guy. That's what this is. That's what people did in porn theaters. That's what they're there for. What are we talking about here? Let's cast him in more stuff. And Fred Willard was more visible than ever after his arrest for masturbating in a porn theater. Just like I can't believe I lived through two things like that with so such different results. Um, and the, I mean, the films he was watching
2: was <laughs> yes. Follow Me to Stepdad Number Two, which answers all the unanswered True. questions in Stepdad Number One, and where he got the his mustache list. <laughs> parody Um, which the client list is a tv show yeah
4: no i was thinking the blacklist but no this is called the client list but it's the parody yeah apparently the ticket yeah you can stay for up to four hours to watch the triple feature
1: jesus christ imagine (laughs) the fucking hamburger your dick would be after that come on people get fred willard a smartphone
4: yeah after the first Two jerks. If you can manage that, then yeah. you know. Then you just get engrossed in the film.
1: This all could have been solved if Fred Willard had a, a bank bus account. Okay, and <laughs> no laughs on that, but I'm giggling. Um, <laughs> Another news Kim Jong un is officially appointed Supreme Leader of North Korea. And I, I, yeah, yeah.
4: well, they're just adding titles. Like he, he had a couple titles, and this week they just throw some more on.
2: Uh, I always like to point out that the one thing you can say about history is history loves irony. And there's no (laughs) better proof of that than a communist state turning into a hereditary god-king monarchy because yep. that's what <laughs> North Korea is is monarchy. a hereditary god-king monarchy of mm-hmm. the Kim dynasty.
4: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love how they just gradually add titles like he isn't just in charge immediately.
1: Why? Was he fussy? Just, Was he fussy at breakfast? What What the fuck is the point Yeah, of
4: they just, they, like, they what? one of the ones they throw in is like, well, now he's a marshal in the army, which is the highest rank. Okay. Oh, actually, he's the supreme commander of the army. And it's like, wasn't he before? Or is he just like, you just like to have parties. <laughs> you just wanted to have, you know, a quinceañera for becoming in charge of the Ugh. army. Okay, fine.
2: Okay, here is the entire list of all of Kim Jong-un's titles. I'm going to micro machine it. General Secretary of the Workers' Party of Korea, member of the Presidium of the Politburo of the Workers' Party of Korea, member of the Politburo of the Workers' Party of Korea, member of the Central Committee of the Workers' Party of Korea, Chairman of the Central Military Commission of the Workers' Party of Korea, President of the State of Affairs of DRPK, Literary Chairman of the State of Affairs Commission of a Korea, Supreme Commander of the Armed Forces of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, Marshal of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, Vice Chairman of the Military Commission of the Workers' Party of Korea, Vice Secretary of the Workers' Party of the Workers' Party. Chairman. Chairman of the Workers' Party. First Chairman of the National Defense Commission of DPRK. Supreme Commander of the Korean People's Army. First General
4: Korean People's Army.
2: Those are his official titles. Uh, you
1: know, if,
4: <laughs> if, and if, number if one dad.
1: You cannot be doing all those jobs well. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Delegate. Okay. okay, moving into movies of 2012, uh, and I mean that... I guess in the most literal sense, because we got two movies to talk about. Because everyone's getting out of the way. Thanks for mm-hmm. ruining it, shooter story. But shut up and play the hits is out this week. The LCD system uh, uh, live live documentary movie. Because
4: yeah, I mean it's a documentary following them around like the day before the show. The show. The last show? The show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's
4: supposed to be really good.
3: Wasn't the last, last like...
1: show? Of course so. it wasn't. No. Well, well I mean, one it actually... one yeah. it had it had that. It was a good move on their part like uh, scalpers took all the tickets basically. Mm-hmm. And he's like fuck that we're adding two more shows. So there were several more last <laughs> shows and I believe they have played again since. So I've any heard...
2: last show yeah. someone mm-hmm. advertises you can't yeah. believe that, right?
4: Yeah. No, but I've heard even if you don't give a shit about LCD sound system that it's an I interesting do. look at w- what it's like to be a musician and put on put on a big old show. I
1: like, do. Okay. That's neat. And that that is being that is counter programming. I like almost foolish counter programming. Yeah, young men won't want to see this movie. Uh, <laughs> Byrne Gorman, Ben Mendelson, Matthew Modine, uh, Morgan Freeman, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Marion Cotillard. Am I saying that right? Tom Hardy, Anne Hathaway, Gary Gary Coleman Gary Oldman. Jesus, Michael Caine, uh, Christian Bale. You will be surprised. This is number one at the box office. The Dark what? The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs>
0: When you cleaned up the streets, you cleaned them good. Pretty soon we'll be chasing down overdue library books. It'll
3: liven up in a minute. Trust me. I'm Gotham's recording. Hey.
1: Mr. Fox. Get me back in the game. I call it the bat. And yes, Mr. Wayne, it does come in black. The Dark Knight Rises. Now you're just showing off. The PG-13. Woo! Dark Knight Rises, just... I, I, I had an interesting experience with... I actually was out in a kayak, 4th of July, and I knew we were talking about this, and I turned to my buddy, who has since, like, abandoned all pop culture, and I'm like, hey, man, last movie we saw in the theater, 10 years ago. And he adjusts his fishing hat, says Dark Knight Rises, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the last movie I've ever seen with one of my best friends <laughs> in theaters who just doesn't care to go anymore. Uh, no. We also had, didn't live in the same town for a long time until now. But uh, Dark Knight Rises, I was... I'll say fortunate, unfortunate enough to have a bunch of podcasts going on at that time. And the immediate reviews were disappointment and anger. And I was a part Mm -hmm. of that. And I'm deeply ashamed because as I've grown to watch this film outside of that, like hype bubble, this is fucking excellent. This is really good. And a perfect companion piece to the dark Knight, which is arguably one of the best superhero movies ever made. What I think rubbed a lot of us the wrong way is that christopher nolan always said this is going to be finite and we have on the other side of the coin we have the mcu kicking into the avengers and the best batman movie series telling you we're done no more Mm. not only like we're closing the book on this and it wasn't totally clear like batman on film is done what the fuck is going on and where i stand now like why would we care so much? Why that uh, we put a bunch of undue well, heaviness did, on this movie? You are
2: looking at it with 2022 eyes. Mm-hmm. In your 2012 eyes, for all you knew, Batman was not going to have five movies Yeah, in, in the time since this
4: has come out. Live action
1: movies. Mm-hmm. The anime Live movies even movies. more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Live I action mean, movies. Are
4: basically two separate bats, too. Yeah, I mean, the right. Batman seems to not be related to no. the Superman versus Batman stuff. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So...
2: As hard as it is to understand in 2022, in 2012, nerd stuff still felt new and fresh. Yeah. Big budget, hugely popular comic book movies was not the norm. I remember it as being like, wow, this is amazing. I, I hope it lasts two, maybe four more years. That would be incredible. <laughs> no, yeah, seriously, yeah. that was my yeah, mindset no. in 2012. Yeah, like, I kind
4: I, of I felt the same way as like 2012. I this is about this this can only go down.
1: I, yeah, I, this, that was my set. We we did a whole and yeah. we did a whole laser you, time. You on. built
4: to Avengers. You're rounding out a trilogy of three really good movies mm-hmm. that I don't think anyone saw when Batman Begins came out. I don't think anyone saw how fucking good these movies were going to be. Yeah, That's mm-hmm.
1: just excellent. And I I think the the churn superhero movies were going through. I think this movie is the only superhero, only comic book character I saw on screen that was created in my lifetime. Everything else... Is, dates dates back as far as the 1940s. Yeah, Bane. I mean, Bane is a 90s yep. character, and and now I think Spider Gwen holds that record. Steel mm, technically counts. Yeah, but Spider Gwen's like 45 years old. Venom. Okay, uh, yeah. it's like the most recent uh, Harley Quinn being as a close second to that. Yeah, superhero films as we know them now are still kind of in their infancy, and Warner Brothers. I would say Christopher uh-huh. Nolan didn't want to do these his whole life, and no, would, Christopher Nolan. I wouldn't Nolan.
4: say infancy, but they were much less cemented in their spot. There you go. Exactly. Like, they, they weren't they, they weren't the tent pole holding up the
1: tent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we yeah. know they every...
4: We still like, we don't know if this is gonna cross over. Oh, it turns out people liked Iron Man. All right, let's keep going.
1: Yeah, we know yeah. Batman movies are a success, but these Guardians of the Galaxy's characters, oh boy, that's a weird one. Can't wait to see yeah, how that yeah. turns out. That
2: was that was the mindset. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think that was set in stone. You look at the DC extended universe after this film, Marvel didn't have to succeed it could have flailed i think if marvel post-avengers had been as successful as dc was post the dark knight rises we wouldn't be talking about comic books as this huge thing we wouldn't yeah you know and and in fact i can recall when this came out there was a youtube series called Marvel versus dc Mm -hmm. and its whole point was that marvel movies and dc movies were about equal and they were duking it out and that premise could not last like two (laughs) years after this film because once dc had spent their batman bolt they didn't have the quivers that marvel had in its they sort of
1: did they just didn't have that they lacked a kevin feige person like someone overseeing all these films like i mean we just Mm -hmm. talked about that in our bonus like george miller was supposed to be rebooting dc into films before like while this is happening well, the,
2: DC had its Kevin Feige. It had Schneider. He wasn't mm. as good oh, yeah. as Kevin was. He had his own vision, and that vision just wasn't as popular or, in my opinion, well, they,
1: good. Th- remember, they wanted it to be Christopher Nolan because he's an executive producer on Man of Steel right. in a year because you yeah. can't do a superhero movie at Warner Brothers and, without Christopher Nolan's input. It turns out like, you will never make another care. superhero movie without, with yeah. Christopher Nolan's input. Uh, he, well, that's,
2: that's one issue with this film is i'm not sure christopher nolan really wanted to come back at this time yeah. you know i think yeah. he would have been happy waiting I, th- I think in canon there's seven years between this yes. film and the dark knight i think christopher nolan would have been happier if he would have waited seven real
1: years and i remember how just- mad i was at that as a film goer, like batman retiring but it's just yeah. like it is we have an ending to a yeah. modern day superhero film with like none of the flyy powers and lightning bolt stuff. It's just people, just people at this point still in medicine yep. and brute strength. And there's there's a couple of balls, I think, that are sort of dropped in here that does kind of have like third movie syndrome. But mm-hmm. it's still shot on a scale that is wonderfully grand and beautiful. And when, when you watch the new Batman movie, it is I feel like it's much smaller than this film from 10 years earlier. Just, yeah
2: well yeah, this is yeah. this is trying to be really epic mm-hmm. an epic close and the batman is trying to start a new thing true true this is trying to close yeah. an epic thing with you know i mean the plot point of this is a nuclear weapon essentially yeah you know yeah. it's nuclear well, and, terrorism combined yeah, with and, occupy wall street yes yeah, that's the plot
4: Nuclear terrorism it's it, you know it's it's a hostage situation for the entire into- all of gotham is cut off from the world
1: yeah right with all the cops locked underground
2: (laughs) which is the dumbest thing okay yeah there are uh, this is a fine film i'm not gonna say it's the worst film ever but there are a lot of dumb points in this film and every cop every single cop in gotham Mm -hmm. all going to the same place at the same time is stupid did they
1: not see die hard with a vengeance that's how you knock over wall street it
2: is lazy writing is what i'm saying
3: yeah
4: yeah, there's I, so many people, I think, get bogged down. And yeah, there are some plot holes. Sure. There there are some inconsistencies. There's things that's like, oh, no, Bane stole all his money from the stock exchange. It's like, well, that was a fraudulent transaction. I'm pretty sure they can just undo that. <laughs> How did he get back from the magic prison in India or whatever? It's like, let's not focus on the little. Like, this is trying to be even more epic than The Dark Knight, which is a Difficult. massive... Massive movie, mm-hmm. like it. It has lots of ideas in it, and it just goes to different continents and all this. And it's like,
1: if you look at the Dark Knight they're, now, they're it, looks like, it looks like it looks like most amazing. of the out- exteriors take place on a single street. From the funeral <laughs> sequence to the truck sequence yeah. to the Joker getting out at three different points of time, it's all the same fucking yeah. street.
4: Yeah, the, this is going for so much grander. Like their their inspiration was Tale of Two Cities. They yeah. they wanted to do basically a French Revolution thing which is huge and there's lots of characters and there's lots of running around and there's lots of factions and stuff and so yeah there are some problems and inconsistencies along the way on the other hand big swing always a fan number two what else are you gonna do you got to try to outdo yourself Mm -hmm. you know if they made my dinner with batman (laughs) no one would be happy people would be furious like how dare you have a movie take place in one room where just batman and bane talk out their problems no but also, that fucking opening. Amazing. People forget it because they get mad about it. how doesn't people get upset that like, don't they notice that Batman and Bruce Wayne both showed back up on the same day? It's pretty fucking obvious, right? They destroyed this airplane mid-air.
1: Yeah. It, it's you
4: forgot yeah. about it. You forgot because so much is going on in this movie. I
1: have I don't know that I've seen another sequence on the exquisite level of that opening plain high sequence and i've watched a lot of fast and the furious movies but yeah. <laughs> it's 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 largely non-cg and just like absolutely impressive and I, it always throws me for a loop because uh, nolan demands to film some of those sequences in imax which is hard those cameras are big and when you can throw that on your screen it removes the letter boxes now there's a great 4k collection with no digital copy out right now and man that's opening sequence looks so much better than I remember. Even looking in theaters ten years ago. Yeah,
4: yeah. Like, yeah. My point is, there's a there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't work.
1: Yeah, but my, my biggest weird. one is like,
4: or, or it just it works, but it's sloppy. Like they they get to where they're trying to go, but they get there sloppily. Yeah,
1: we're, like
4: the point they're trying to make, like they made the point, but it was sort of messy how they got there.
1: We're we're, we're nearing the end of the <laughs> era of Chris watching superhero trailers every other day until the movie comes out, and I was. You know, following the Occupy Wall Street movement. Which um, we
2: got to mention, I don't feel yeah. you can watch this movie yeah. and in 2012 without having that be in the back y- of
1: your yeah. mind. Well, I mean, you know, some of, us, some of us remain anti-capitalist notions in our mind. And that scene of Catwoman in the trailer, I'm like, how dare you think you can take so much and leave so little for the rest of us? I'm like, dude, what is going to happen in this movie? Uh, she marries him. Like wh- where did that plot go? God damn it! <laughs> that just disappeared.
4: It's a long con. She's just taking his money.
1: Okay, maybe. <laughs> just uh, yeah, I want to. see the
4: idea. Of, you know, I mean, yeah. Once you think about it as a French Revolution thing, the idea of like the kangaroo court led by the scarecrow, like that. I get it. So now. cool. Okay. So
1: cool to like not. It's so cool to not kill that character and bring him back over and over again. I love it.
4: Yeah, and and to still have you know people like uh, Matthew Modine being like, I'm just gonna hide at home because. If they don't notice me, maybe I will survive this. And it is like, yeah, man, that's collaboration, baby. Mm. You got to fight. You have to fight the fascists or anarchists or whatever the fuck is going on
3: here. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a big plot point of this movie is all the cops go away so Gotham can finally be something, something, mumble, mumble.
1: Yeah. Uh, no Man's yeah. Land. Uh That's a comic storyline they were harkening yeah. back
3: to. Yes. They, they yeah.
2: were, but where's, the film...
4: Where's the batshit militias?
2: That's what I was going to say. In number two, we had Batman's fanboys come out fighting crimes. Mm -hmm. And we don't see this in this film. You know, if all Mm -hmm. the police disappeared, Gotham's a high crime city. There's, Tons of guns in Gotham. You would absolutely have militias in the street if all the police disappeared. It it would be very, very bloody. But I think
1: which is why we have police in the vein of Occupy Wall Street. Bane was pushing a populist movement that seemingly Mm -hmm. both that was uniting the underworld and the people of Gotham. So, but then come on, we saw what happened. But we we actually don't see a lot of what happens when Bruce Wayne is gone. And I forget how much time it implies has been.
2: Has I feel it's a chunk of change. Me I too. Mean, his back has to heal, mm-hmm. so
4: yeah. I mean, i some somewhere saying four or five months.
2: Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that would, you know, be a war zone. And those are sort of my issues yeah. with oh, the movie. Be,
4: you know, like ten percent of the city would be dead. And it's not yeah. not my issue right.
1: with a with a regular. It's, it's not my issue with a regular superhero movie. It's just my issue with a Christopher Nolan movie, who has always been really good at grounding. And subtly explaining his universe and things like that just don't get explained here. But again, it's still, I, I, none of it comes down to a black mark against the film because it's just so, the goddamn grandeur that you can still see two like 10 years later. It's great. And it's like, I remember having uncomfortable emotions around it for like two years. And now it's just like, oh, I have this thing I can watch in addition to Dark Knight when I get want my drunk comfort film. I was re-watching the new Batman for a third time and just like, I didn't even know we were going to be talking about this. I just threw Dark Knight. I should watch Dark. If I don't watch one three-hour Batman movie, it should be this one. I'll watch Dark Knight (laughs) Rises. Um, now it's part of my comfort rotation, which I didn't think it would be because I was pretty sour on it. Warts and Uh, all, amazing film.
2: I would say the Bane voice, though, is the longest-lasting cultural (laughs) impact of this film.
1: Yes. Uh,
3: What are you talking about, JR?
2: When I was making my film Dark Dungeons the Movies, we were working super long days, very, very little sleep. We had no budget, so we were using all the sweat equity we could. And on the final day, I turned to my director and said, When you finish my movie, then you have my permission to die.
1: <laughs> uh, and I believe I, I, I never, I wasn't lucky enough to get a chance to see that premiere six minutes. They had an IMAX theaters a year beforehand, Mm. but like I think Nolan, what is that? Is diegetic the right word? He was like miking Tom Hardy through the mask in the frame, and that Mm. turned out to be like, okay, audiences are not going to fucking endure this. He's doing a weird accent through a mask, Uh, hard to understand, and and he's still hard to understand now. But I believe it's all had to be redubbed. But, yeah. but initially,
2: I mean he's wearing a mask. You don't have I, to just, care just, if his I... voice He love can be like this as he's talking. Oh it won't matter. <laughs> That's the problem with uh Recording in a sound studio is always better oh, yeah. if you can get it to match the mouths. It's just getting so to match hard. the mouth is really hard. With no
1: survivors. <laughs> I, love, I love this yep. movie. I still repeat. Bane. Uh,
4: yeah. The only <laughs> the line of dialogue I've stolen from him is uh, over the last two years. Think about what would happen if someone removes my mask. It would be very painful.
1: Are you? <laughs> damn it i wish I'm i had a chance to do that
4: with my mask when i am at the supermarket
2: but th- there's various plot points in this movie that i think you can make fun of i mean yeah. roz al Ghoul's daughter you yeah. know she revealed that she had sex with batman to trick him i think we have a clip
1: of that oh i hope this is the one i'm thinking of when
3: the mission is at hand no
1: act is of limits. Oh, i agree Nothing was off limits. It was like an all-you-can-fuck buffet. Okay, Bruce, that's enough.
0: Okay, let's get back on you. You must be wondering how we came to this moment, Mr. Wayne.
3: Let me see if I recollect. Some stuff happened. You sucked my dick.
0: My father.
3: Like a lot.
0: <laughs> my father never accepted Bane.
3: How was that, by the way? Are you done? I hadn't showered that day, and I fight crime in a rubber suit. Really seals in the flavor. Oh,
1: <laughs> Jesus, God! are really killing it with the Pete Holmes uh, references here, Jr. Um, uh, I, yeah, it's it's very very good. Those skits are those college humor sketches were great. But yeah, but uh, but a fun movie. I don't think I've, I still don't think I've seen a Marvel movie penetrate the zeitgeist the same way this film did with people doing impressions, mm-hmm. repeating lines, mm-hmm. dressing up like these characters. There's definitely fan. There's always been fandom for these characters. So it's just I still think. Because I remember showing my dad the Dark Knight movies. Like, he's not, wasn't going to go in for regular Marvel fare, but this works on dad. But yeah, like, I feel like I was super tough on this film, but nothing else like it has been made since. Christopher Nolan kind of took a different historical course with his career and action movies on this level. At this, I know Marvel movies cost a lot, but that's in like, I think part of that is to get them done expediently with green screenage. Like, did you sit? see like they don't even make the suits anymore for marvel characters we will design those later wear this ones twos fours ping pong ball suit and we'll figure that out later this everything is in frame in a nolan movie and yeah
4: i that's a good point i all of the marvel movies there's some really good stunts in them totally but yeah i can't think of anything as big as this totally
1: you got you always have to have your occasional i love you 3000 and like a line people repeat and becomes a meme but like nothing to the extent of the characters in the dark knight and mostly the mm-hmm. villains i i can't think of any villains in marvel movies that have resonated like the and that's more of a testament to mm. bill finger and bob kane but yeah. like
4: I, loki i think loki's yeah the
1: only loki one. loki you totally throw loki in there thanos yeah. is a popular reference of course yeah. of course I, of course but like uh not not a lot of impressions not a lot of memery this 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 resonated in a way that yeah. i think is still hard to hard to yeah. do now
2: I still see the reference, and you think that gives you
1: power over me?
4: You merely adopted the blank. I was born in it. Whatever.
1: Yeah, some of those reveals now. fall a little flat. And, but that's, that's about the only stank on the movie. It, it, it's not even, it's all endurable. Endure, Master Wayne. It's what you do. <laughs> yeah,
4: I think uh, just uh, like the the overall point we're making is like it's flawed, but that's they're not fatal flaws. Yeah. Give it another chance. It's, if you're just like it's not what I wanted, Me. Uh, try it, give it a try. A lot
1: of our a lot of our love for the Dark Knight is just like re- two things: Heath Ledger and the Joker, one of the most amazing characters in all of pop culture, played by a guy who died before we got to congratulate him for it. Yep. these were all things that really I think made us. Champion the Dark Knight a little more than we would have Dark Knight Rises. i Obviously, I still think Dark Knight's a better movie, but this is a fitting ending and it, it makes for a fantastic trilogy. With, like, I don't know, there's not, I don't feel like there's a lot of great Marvel trilogies because they tend to make huge tonal shifts. Like, Thor mm-hmm. 2, 1 and 2, and 3 and 4 are like completely different. And yeah. It's different genres of movies. <laughs> Captain America three is basically Avengers 1.5. Like it's just, it's, this is a self-contained trilogy that Batman had never really got before. Yeah.
2: It, it, yeah. The, yeah. as, as we were discovering in talking about in Batman returns no, that's really not a trilogy. It, it's not really connected the way these films and, are. And,
1: and I would say, that I think, I think nerds on the internet have a real tough time dealing with endings. And we mm. had just literally never experienced... Every superhero movie was supposed to be an ongoing tenpole. We have never seen one close the book on itself like The Dark Knight did. And I think that made crybabies like me upset. And I'm not upset anymore because there's so, just so much fucking Batman. Batman thrives in reinvention, always has. Should I stop talking about this? Batman, everyone. Chris, you know Christopher yeah. Nolan directed it? Uh, what? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty, huh. It's pretty Girl, good. Huh? The
4: insomnia guy? It's
1: pretty good. Best character, Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine... <laughs>
4: I one of the only memories I have of uh, like stuff on the internet besides so just people complaining and being read, is you you fucking with people and telling anyone spot Joker in it uh. and everyone's like they're like wanted poster or whatever he's like I I'm referring to Matthew Modine's character from Full Metal Jacket I am being a dick right now
1: Chris oh, like, uh, you're uh, a dick uh, I did that no I didn't. Did that. I did.
4: You, yes.
1: I tweeted. Oh, man. I don't know if you tweeted
4: ago. or if it was on a podcast or something, but I remember you fucking <laughs> with people and saying, like, i anyone else spot Joker. Oh. But you notice you didn't say the
1: Joker. Man, I've done a lot of these. I was like, whoever, whoever said that was clever. Uh, I didn't hear the part that it was me. <laughs> Great film goes on to make uh, li- like over a bill, like one point something billion dollars, which I'm, I think is pretty incredible. Do
4: you know what's shocking, though, is I believe it's only the third highest roasting film this year.
1: I don't doubt it. We already have Avengers. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah Avengers is going to be number one. Who is number two? is actually pretty surprising
1: to me all right we'll get there we will get there but until then let's get into television of 2012 july 15th to the 21st and gotta kick it off with the breaking bad five season premiere yeah
2: it's doing the soprano things where for contractual reasons it's calling two seasons one season
4: Wow, but but the last season
2: Mm -hmm. Technically, technically, technically. but you know, it's about Walt now being the full on drug cartel kingdom boss, you know, this is Walt with the brakes off, you know, I feel like both Tony Soprano and Walt by the end of their series, you just have no like for the guy. And you like question why you ever felt sympathy for this mass murderer? (laughs) Maybe not for Tony all the way, but Walt, uh, sure. uh, Tony doesn't
1: have any self realization. That's what he's doing. Whereas Walt has this like admission. I liked it, and then he just has this tries to solve everything for everybody. Tony Soprano has none of that. So he may be less redemptive, I don't know. But
2: <laughs> Yeah, but you want to hear more about Tony Soprano? Probably. Have I got the show for you. In terms of Breaking Bad, this specific episode is when Walt realizes that there is digital video of him making meth mm-hmm. in a police locker. Yes. So it's essentially a heist. Where he has to figure out how to make an incredibly powerful magnet. And I, I wanna point out that Jesse never says this line, yeah, bitch, science. That is not a line he ever says. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, he does say, yeah, bitch, magnet. So, <laughs> but it's a great episode, really enjoyable. We're gonna talk, I think, about the other heist episode later on when it happens because Mm -hmm. the train episode is coming this season. And that's, that's a really powerful episode. But to me, this episode really sets off Walt's downfall because you can really see you're on top and you are not stopping. You are not walking away.
1: Okay. I also really, I'm just tickled how much it 10 years to the day, almost better call Saul is giving me the same feelings from the same creators. And then this 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 is one of the few episodes to open with a flash... Oh, no, the whole uh, plane oh, yeah. season. No, there, this episode a flash forward.
2: opens with the flash forward. That's correct.
1: That, I think, pays off pretty well, whereas, like, man, they have been flash forwarding Better Call Saul for, like, seven years now, and there's been no payoff there, so I cannot wait to see what happens oh, at the end of that. Oh, anyway, anyway. God, I love Hank having a realization while taking his shit. Moving on to the other far lesser shows that are out this week. A Thousand Ways to Die ends on Spike
2: yeah this is pretty cheesy reenactments of highly improbable deaths interspersed with doctors talking in front of x-rays showing those deaths like one of them is a guy swallows cue balls as a bar bet like he's really good at swallowing things so he'll swallow up a cue ball and then he'll spit it back out and you'll Buy his drinks, but he doesn't realize that this cue ball is like a seventh of an inch larger, and that it gets stuck in his throat, and he dies. Oh my God. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah,
4: yeah, uh, there was a story just like that on Boardwalk Empire.
1: Oh, well, uh, I remember, I'm I remember sure. it well. I'm
4: thinking, oh, I'm Michael Stuhlbarg is scaring me right now. I'm not used to that from him.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, and God damn it, I can't. It's oddly colored for me now. But uh, this this second reboot. Uh, Reimagining a Fear Factor ends on NBC, which I believe is where Joe Rogan got all his money, and I will always hate this property as a result of that.
2: As someone someone who... So what happened was the show was making $600 million a year, but the reruns were tanking because no one wanted to watch a rerun of the show, and they kept demanding these stunts get more and more extreme. So it went off the air and then NBC meanwhile, was... and
1: meanwhile, they had to like completely stop eating things, especially live things, because of yeah. pressure from animal rights groups, which is a huge part of the first couple seasons of Fear Factor. Yeah. It was like a third well, of every episode.
2: I, I am not making this up. The episode that killed it was when they had contestants drink donkey ejaculation and piss. Delicious. Delicious. I am not making that up. Uh, yeah. So that that kind of ended
1: blur it. Blur that in Jackass too. Why are they showing it on Fear Factor?
2: <laughs> I, I I assume they blurred it too. But you know, for a while, Universal Studios had a Fear Factor Live. Joe Rogan didn't want to come back to the reboot, but he had a lot of kids, and kids are super expensive, in his own words. So he said, "Okay, I'll come back." He's got and a hell of a inst- DMT
1: habit. Uh...
2: Instantly regretted it. So no one died in the American version, but. Yeah. This was made internationally and someone did die in the Thai version. I don't, I don't doubt factor. it. Like I'm just, I'm up just
1: more upset because I've even heard him talk about it. This is what made Joe Rogan like untouchable because he made so much money off of the network during this and maybe a little of the news radio era that he didn't really have to answer mm-hmm. to anyone anymore. I don't really I don't really hate the guy. I just hate the I hate, I hate the uh, command that he has he's in way over his head and he's a r- normal half dumb dude exploring his interests and mm. it ends up looking super irresponsible to the point where the funniest thing I saw Jimmy Kimmel had to say on his show I never thought I'd have to say this but if you're going to take COVID protocol advice from any former ca- uh, cast member of The Man Show please let it be me because <laughs> Adam Carolla and, and, and fucking Joe Rogan are out there killing people with bad advice Anyway, anyway, moving on to the show Eureka ends on sci-fi, a show I wanted to like, but did not.
4: Yeah, me mm. too. Just because, I, I, I mean, the idea is basically Northern Exposure, but they're all super scientists. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. I love it. I'm in. in I'm in. And, and it's got Joe Morton on it. Love Joe Morton.
2: Oh, I love Joe Morton. When this show was started, they had a character named Dr. Stark, who was based upon the super obscure and unknown character, wow. <laughs> Tony Stark. Wow. Oh, wow. It's a very uh, deep reference. Doing? And I, I just but remember. the time it was. <laughs> One of the first uh,
1: shows of the sci fi Y era where they took the I and the C out. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I, I've never seen it, but I've read about it, and there's some cool ideas uh in one episode everyone starts having everyone else's dreams cool and yeah. just you know think of what chaos that would do you know oh i saw you dreamed about sleeping with your secretary tonight and another episode deals with a memory eraser and there's a heartbreaking scene where a wife wonder how many times she's caught her husband cheating decided to leave him and then had her memory of that event erased which Ooh. ooch
4: e Every time I caught it, it was sort of like that's oh, was okay. It has, it, I felt like it had a little more potential than it had payoff, but it's generally enjoyable.
2: Yeah, it, the show itself had a fun, happy ending where the people you like are good and they have a good life because that's what this type of show is you want to see you don't want ambiguity or a dark ending you want to feel good about the people you've liked over the last season you want a real
1: usa network quality to the sci-fi channel show yeah oh and then moving on to video games of 2012 july 15th to 21st you got dyad on psn blast through radio reactive audio visual tubes you know
2: i assume their target audience is on something
1: And then Field Runners 2 on iOS, never even heard of that one. Tower Defense video game. But uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, I find that bizarre. We had a Tony Hawk. HD remix before the really good one, and this is the not really good one. the The newer one is much better, but yeah, Tony Hawk, Activision still wanted to get an, something annual that Tony Hawk license, but if the games have become so bad and monotonous, all they can do is remake the originals. And
2: and this is a remaster, not a remake. They oh, sorry, yeah, it's put, a remaster. They don't put any advancement in the series. They do. They do. You can you can do they moves.
1: Do. Yeah, because you, you, you didn't yeah. have like the revert in the manual in Tony Hawk One, but you can do that there. Okay. Um, all right. So it's it, it is sort of a remaster because it's clearly rebuilt in some kind of engine. But like, it's not, it just, they failed to even meet that. Even though we have a game that shows what this looks like at its fullest potential. Pick up that one instead. And then before we close out the show, we got to tell you who uh, lived and who died. So, but before that, let me tell you about patreon.com slash laser time. Give us five bucks. Give you so many more podcasts. We got a thing and a thing up there. I'll say it here. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. uh, Our ET show, something technically fucked up and I can't decide whether to try and salvage it. We have four out of the five participants' audio on Mike. If I cut out Steve and everything he says and in every way we respond to it, and then every reference later on to what Steve has said, <laughs> it, it, this is my fault, not Steve, so don't, don't get on him. I, I kind of want to try, because I had so much fun doing that show. It was and, a
2: it, great show. I really liked it. And there's it. been a bunch
1: of technical hiccups that have just caused that file to shit the bed. We're doing tons of bonus shows over there. Die. where can people find you at?
4: They can find me on the Twitter at listeningnerd L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, that's 302010podcast. Next week, oh man, we've got some good ones. From Japan, A Pig That Can Fly.
1: Ooh. Oh, I love it. I love it. But... A
4: truly, truly wonderful movie. And uh, in 2002... <laughs> We have, um, well, rounding out another trilogy, we have a movie about a guy who loves gold.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to revisit that. Love that, man.
4: Oh, boy. Also, we have Moon Nazis. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah, I like Moon Nazis and Manic Pixie Dream Girls and Dancing and uh, um, probably the one of the most popular documentaries of all time from
1: 2012. Oh, man. All right. Uh, gotcha, JR, gotcha. what about you, buddy? What are you up to?
2: I am taking a break from social media, but when I return, you can find me on the Twitter
1: <laughs> at jrralls. See, I'm just as inaccessible on social media. I just don't plug it. Uh, <laughs> J- JR is sort of helped spearhead all these uh, in-depth AD stuff, so I'm going to give him credit on that. Uh, oh, thanks, man. And then deaths of this period, of 30 2010, July fifteenth to the twenty first. 30, 20, and ten years ago. Oh, uh,
4: nineteen ninety-two. That's when we lost wrestler Gorgeous George, oh. who made it to eighty-four. He was big in the forties and fifties. And you know, that's he... like
2: hundred and thirteen in wrestler years. A that very is old wrestler.
4: Insane. Yeah, he started wrestling when he was like seventeen in nineteen thirty-two.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jesus, fantastic, yeah. fantastic film. Yeah, fancy and bowling. Also,
4: in uh, 2012, we lost Bollywood star and politician Rajesh Khanna, who is only 69. Nice.
3: nice.
4: Huge star of the 70s and 80s. One of Bollywood's first really big stars.
2: Hell yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. that's who was dead. Let's talk <laughs> about guy. who was born on the b- birthday quiz. Oh,
1: birthday is a doodly-doo. A ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo oh,
2: Born July seventeenth, 1935 in St. John, New Brunswick, Whoa. turning 87 years Ooh. old. 87 still alive.
4: Old-ass Canadian. Yep, okay.
2: old-ass mm. Canadian.
4: Gotcha.
2: He obtained his first part-time job at the age of 14 as a news correspondent for local radio station CKBW.
1: Oh, man. Hey. Okay, someone
4: who came out of radio. That guy
1: from the Pentaveret. He starred
2: alongside Christopher Lee in horror films such as 1964's Castle of the Living Dead and 1965 Dr. Terror's House of Horror, and then went on to a supporting role in Die, Die, My Darling. Oh, shoot. Glenn Danzig. Shoot.
4: (laughs) Films Ah, of his we've
2: talked about.
4: It can't be Christopher Plummer, because he's dead.
2: (laughs) Nope. Not Christopher Plummer. That's
4: the first old Canadian I thought of.
2: All right. Films of his we have talked about include 1989's A Dry White Season, 1991's JFK's. Oh, I got it. Uh, Donald
1: Sutherland? Donald Ah, Sutherland. He's Canadian? Canadian? I feel feel betrayed. I feel betrayed. Other
2: uh, films we've talked about, A Time to Kill, The Assignment Without Limits, Space Cowboys and The Hunger Games. Classic <laughs> corner films we've talked about. Dirty Dozen, M.A.S.H., Kelly's Heroes, The Eagle Has Landed, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Ordinary People, and Animal House.
4: Yeah. Damn it, Tiana
1: got me here, and it had
4: to be 87? somebody old. 87? You said he's 87.
1: Turning 87, July right. seventeenth.
4: Alright, happy birthday Donald Sutherland.
1: Yeah. Was, was he not in Final Fantasy The Spirits Within? I can't remember. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter even a little bit, but Thank you, Jr., for setting me up to fail with an older person because Diane always gets those. No, I don't. I... <laughs> Who has a better voice than Donald Sutherland? I like. I like hey. heard him in a commercial a few years ago. I'm like, why did nobody do this before? He has a very like when he's not being menacing, a very soothing voice.
4: Yeah, he does. I think he's doing orange juice commercials now, and every time I'm like, oh, I would love to relax with some orange juice. Thanks, yeah. Donald. Talk
1: me through this, Donald. Right. <laughs> oh, then I'll go get drunk with your son thank you so much for listening patreon.com slash laser time to support us check out other shows laser time and video game apocalypse we appreciate all your support and your time what are we closing out with here the batman th- rap batman rap All right. what's the story all behind right. the batman rap because I don't know it
2: uh, it came out at the time of the dark night and I really loved it because it's a super nerdy rap song about batman <laughs> there
1: was that other because that of bane's mask there were people just like doing freestyles like I'm Bane. Yeah, we are totally insane. I'll crash your plane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was the Batman rap I remember. Just, but you just use movie footage. This is different. Who's it by? The so, Warp Zone, warp people. Zone. Uh, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. I'm Batman. The motherfucking Dark Knight. I'm a Playboy by
0: day, Vigilante by night. I'm Batman. The Defender of Gotham. I dress up like a bat. Cause it's motherfucking awesome. Man's in the house, coming party in the back cave. Yo, Alfred, yes, Master Wayne. Bring some more kavassier, eh? the honeys in the man. manor. Taking notice of my swagger, villains hiding in the shadows, running run scared, scared from their attacker.
3: See they re-